Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kidd, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. Oh, wow, you went. You came in. You really, uh, you button hooked me Did on I? that one. Well, I do. Oh, usually, I usually I do our like off hands countdown. Oh yeah, sorry. And then uh, I look down for one moment, and then ah, the curtain's going up. Shit. So sorry. yes, it's come sorry. to this. Yes. Hi, I'm Charlie. <laughs> I'm Eric. We are a podcast. We are about movies. Established, I would say. At, at this, this point, point. <laughs> this is we've shown this is a thing we're doing. We both said if we get to thirty. We've hit that establishment. That point. feels we like a line, it. right? Oh yeah, that feels In like the a sand. That's big. Cross it. There's a lot of podcasts with like three episodes. Sure, not as many with thirty. It's a steep drop right after you pass three. It's tough. It's tough. We have but, lives. You know, the air up here is is cleaner. Oh, crisper. Feels good up here. You know, yeah. The view feels is great. earned. Love the view. We have a pretty <laughs> exciting. Uh, accidental double feature. This is yeah, a strange <laughs> but appropriate. Uh, yeah, it, we didn't set out intending to to watch these as as an episode, but it just made too much sense. We have a double tonight. Two Stephen King, two Stevies, both just sleepy as hell. <laughs> just the sleepiest Steve. I mean, I know there's only so many words in the English language, yep. but the <laughs> fact that we got sleep in both of these movies, we're going. 1992's Sleepwalkers and 2019's Doctor Sleep DDS. <laughs> oh, you thought he was a dentist? Wasn't he a dentist? Did I did I miss something? I assumed he was the guy that knocks you out before the dentist <laughs> yeah. gets there. You know, I was very unclear on the Doctor Sleep concept in general. Oh, we'll get no, into it. <laughs> but so yeah, so then uh, I can think of two words wrong with this title. My favorite running joke ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we uh, Sleepwalkers has been kind of on our radar for a bit because Ron Perlman was one of our cup of names. Absolutely, we yeah. pulled him out as one of the guys that we would explore. And Sleepwalkers, he's billed fairly high up. I can think of one thing wrong with that yeah. as well. Once we watch Sleepwalkers, but then when the day came, Perlman's name didn't come up we always have one extra name just to in case we have a crazy day of productivity yeah we we, we sometimes always, we get six our eyes are a little larger than our stomachs as yeah far as we like, always want to watch the more film appetite but yeah we past 10 hours it starts to we feel like for more you want to have more yeah rather than less absolutely that's for sure so yeah we don't want to risk the night hitting a point where it's like well i'm feeling good but we didn't have anything else planned so i guess everybody can just leave <laughs> it's like 8 30 like <laughs> these were all pretty quick yeah, movies. These, these ran quick <laughs> so perlman didn't get picked but when we Sorry, voted man. hey we should put him in the next cup he Absolutely. deserves a second chance keep him in there and then he didn't get picked <laughs> a second time and so then we just then we all collectively turned on him <laughs> it's like, well, hey, he's had you know what? too many chances now. You know, he had his time. Nature selected him for extinction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, uh, but then we had our big horror day, our big horror ballot day. And we loved it so much that we had a second horror ballot day. It's the first time we've double dipped. Yeah. 
I'm wondering, felt, if, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the audience has any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they should know by now. We do every couple months a big movie day. We do. Where a few of us will get together and we'll bring a lot of food. And half of us will we also do too much food. Yeah, there's always the a lot of food, which <laughs> knocks at least half the crowd out through one full movie total. <laughs> Somebody will be like, I think I dozed through that one, but it was only 13 minutes, yeah. right? It's not a, it's yeah. not hard enough to watch five movies in a day back to back to back. We want to make sure we're carbo loaded. Yeah. And dairy loaded. <laughs> carbo and booze loaded. And, and, yeah, in my case, beer loaded. Just everything yeah. that could bog us down. Right. We do that while watching these movies. We're not here, we're not here eating multivitamins and None. eating salad. The while, time I brought a kale dish, kale and quinoa, it went over like I had slapped people in the face with my knuckles. So it I was would have bad. preferred that. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was a bad <laughs> scene. And so we did, we did we uh, did we do a horror ballot every year October where we pick between like 400 horror movies on a silent voted weighted ballot. And our horror ballot was so successful this past year that we were like we should do that again yeah. in Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? We all wanted to do and this time Sleepwalkers fought its damn way into the top five movies. It was a miracle. So it finally got watched. We've been talking about this movie for six months because I basically know nothing about this flick. I was 11 when it came out. It was supposedly a box office success. Big one, 30 million, which is big for an early 90s horror movie. Pretty, I would say so, yeah. Pretty dead part of the era for horror, um, the early 90s. And... But it's get has a lot of bad reviews. Mm. Uh, pretty, it's a, a five point three on IMDb. Critics really dumped on this one, and it's kind of not really talked about. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, for me, it's the one that never uh, caught on later on. Yeah, I feel like no revival on Sleepwalkers hasn't gained that cult following the way that even like the Pet Cemetery and the other yeah. ones have. And and part of that maybe we were talking about is that it wasn't an actual Stephen King book. It was, you know, the big advertisement was like, you know, written directly for the screen and for the scream. Yeah, excuse me. Eric. Sorry. Yeah, the first yeah. Stephen King story to be written directly for the scream. But yeah, this was a, this was a direct to film uh, project, which his first, um, unless you're maybe counting Maximum Overdrive. Oh, or something maybe. like that. But uh Everyone seems to kind of think this is Yeah, this unusual. one gets credited as the first one he's written directly for the screen, yeah. which I think would be a bigger deal. But then, yeah, I think that might have led to it not being as remembered. I'm wondering also... it doesn't have yeah. the fans of the book and the fans of the movie. You have to exclusively... Yeah, I could also see this almost being like... Uh, if you're thinking 92, you've had Pet Cemetery in 89, the It miniseries in 90... Maybe people were a little uh, king burnout, king kinged out, huh. or uh, maybe he. It was or maybe they were just tired done, of of. Were they were tired of cat based horror after like Pet Cemetery? Yeah, they really lean on the cats in this one too. So this is a whole movie with could yeah tons of cats could have been seen as maybe a retread of the uh, yeah the Pet Cemetery. Yeah, but if you believe IMDb, I think I looked it up earlier, and it was like thirty grand, and the movie was given a pretty big budget too. For an early '90s horror movie, again, not a not a set of years that studios were given big money to make mm-hmm. horror movies. Uh, but I think it was like a 15 million budget with like 30 million made, which means you think it would be a movie that people would fondly remember, got seen a lot. But I don't know. I don't it know. just 
wasn't one that was really on my radar. It's directed by Mick Garris. Sure. Another big uh, horror name. Big name, yeah. Who's done a lot of other Stephen King stuff, like that Shining miniseries that you oh, that yeah. you like, right? I do like it. The 90s one? Although yeah. I only saw it in the 90s when I was Ooh. 13. We should... So I haven't revisited it. and uh, That's revisited. a future app. I'd, I'd be down to revisit that one. Um, that one I remember being all like, this is the way that the book is like this mm, has got like the hedge the, creatures this is the purest instead of, of the, the shining yeah and then you're watching you're like man i kind of miss that maze <laughs> <laughs> the maze was really cool uh, now the, yeah the maze was kind of a cool ending <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this this revisiting of 97's the shining not or, going or hot. in the in the yeah in the tangent now he had a uh, like a croquet mallet instead of a axe wolf and you're like man the axe though that croquet mallet doesn't read as well. <laughs> it doesn't bury itself in the guy's chest quite the same as the axe. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of bounces off people. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a comical clunk sound. Not nearly. Not nearly. as just anyway, doesn't read. Uh, but uh, sleepwalkers. So, sleepwalkers. Yeah, I really had not heard of this at all. Uh-uh. Um, I don't know anybody who champions it as one of their favorites. I don't know yeah. what the home video market was like for it. I've never seen it run on on you know TV. I'm sure somebody will say oh, that man. this thing ran wild on literally like we'll probably just Google HBO yeah, or something in '93. Yeah. Well, uh, funny enough, this movie kind of fits into a, a theme we've been having. Uh, should we get into it? Like, yeah. The actual the meat of it? Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out this is a great movie. I was so into it. And, this uh, was such an over-delivery. Yeah. It's got... Uh, it's got a good cast. Good cast. A good cast of good not acting. big people. Totally. Like Madchen Amick. Sure. I'll be honest. When I voted to watch this on our horror day, I didn't even know she was in it. That would have oh, yeah. pushed it over the top for me. I didn't know there was a full horror feature sure. with her. That's she, a, that is a treat. She had just come off of Twin Peaks at this point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, she doesn't do all that much. This is like when Josh uh, found out that uh, James from Twin Peaks was like the star of Gladiator. Oh sure, <laughs> it's like he had a feature. This is amazing. He does that, and he has like yeah, one small part and you know a few good men, and then yeah, yeah that's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I had no idea there was like a full length horror feature with with her. So I was right during the credits. Sure. I was already pumped. And this is one, we'd been so preparing to watch this, I got it for you on Laserdisc. That's right. As a gift, probably a half a year ago. It was... Right? It's been a while. Uh, it was the uh, screening of The Howling, I want to say. Oh, did I bring that there? I forgot, because I also brought you Scream. Like that. At, oh, maybe uh, that was one Scream of those. when you did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric's, got, been, Eric's been adding uh, yeah, movies I to I add here and there. And I appreciate that. Thank you. That's, yeah, I add them. Uh, that's pretty cool. But, uh, and it's got... Uh, it's got Ron Perlman for like five minutes. It's got a little Pearl. It's got the guy who's uh, the the fat, funny fat designer on. Uh, oh yeah, uh, what was Beetle, that guy's Beetlejuice? Name? I forget the uh, the actor's Shaddix, name. Maybe? Glenn Shaddix. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Yeah. And so it's like, and it has all these weird, fun cameos from Stephen King, Joe Dante, everybody's favorite uh, John Landis. Totally. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> Ultimate baby face John Landis is in it. Crowd pleaser John That's Landis. Um, and we talk about just all the unearthed gems in this movie. One of the greatest pet characters. One of the greatest movie animal characters 
in cinema. I don't think that's an over-exaggeration. We got a cat named Clovis. Oh, man. Megastar. Deputy Clovis. Deputy Clovis. <laughs> yeah. This guy was like a buddy cop. And look, I know, all cops are bad. But all cops... <laughs> But cat cops? We all know. Look, we all know. Nobody <laughs> likes cops. But I don't know. I think if they assigned more deputy spots to cats, people would come around on cops. Everybody's excited for the cops to come to their house when they're the cops with Deputy Clovis. Oh, oh you think Clovis is coming? Oh, is it coming? Are we going to get Clovis? Hey, man, don't make me call Clovis on you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, yeah? And everyone's like, no, really, we want Clovis. Yeah, headline. Cops beloved. That's it. <laughs> and so we got this, like, oh, gorgeous performance from That's Clovis. Great. So good. And, yeah, it's a weird, confusing, odd plot. And none of us cared. Because the material was so fun. It hit the right mood and tone. The effects were really good. Effects were cool. Especially for early 90s, they had some good shape-shifting kind of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, that's amazing, because I've stuff. seen much higher-profile movies from this same era oh, yeah. where the effects looked much worse, especially the CGI effects. It was just on the cusp. You know, Terminator 2, it had revolutionary special effects. Oh, yeah. But the movies that didn't have Terminator 2's budget were like, we also want to use computers. <laughs> and so you got a lot of like rough Max Headroom years mm. in cinema. Uh, yeah. And but so this has shape shifting, which is right. You, you hear 1992 shape shifting CGI. Whew, you think it's going to stink. And yeah. then they it was the best mix of practical and CGI. Totally. And it really, the practical stuff really shone through. And Mick Garris is like a like a makeup guy, too, right? Isn't he? Didn't didn't he do a, a bunch of makeup stuff? You know, he's he's like uh, he does it all. Yeah, camera you know? and uh, director, producer, writer. Yeah, he's. But yeah, I think he, if if he's if he's never done makeup himself, he's always closely affiliated with all the cool '80s and '90s practical effects makeup guys. You know they've all he's they've all worked on his projects, mm-hmm. and the makeup was just so strong. I mean, you have movies as late as jeez, have you seen some of the CGI from ten years after this? Man, look at that! Some of those like Star Wars remakes that oh, came out oh, yeah. five years after this. That's definitely uh, a case of trying to do too much. Yeah, it's they got the technology. It, so they made this was an expensive movie, fifteen million, expensive for horror mm-hmm. at the time. But, man, they stretch their dollar in, like, the best way. And the movie's just filled with cats. Tons of cats. You get a weird... I love when there's just... When your series lead is just an uncomfortable duo. (laughs) And we get, like, a weird mother-son duo. Which is already the weirdest combo to pull off in a movie. This, uh... I don't get this. I (laughs) I don't understand this part. Go on. Uh, so we're introduced to uh, what's the kid's the kid's name is Charles, right? The, the oh yeah, guy, we, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I love There's that. A lot of Charles in movies. You get into that. I've been getting into the Charles in yeah in movies. You've been really enjoying um, the Charles movies. But yeah, he's like an eighteen year old kid. He's new to the neighborhood, uh, and he's uh, meets this cute girl, Match, and, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. they hit it off at the high school. And then he goes home to his mom. Yeah, uh, his mom also Alice Krieg. Uh, 
You said she was in like she was the, in, she the was Star the, Trek you yeah, really like, right? She, she was the Borg queen in the uh, First Contact. Oh, that was like that was Very after creepy. this, right? That yeah. was like the mid nineties yeah. one. Yeah, I'm not. You know, she's I'm, been in a handful. I of got things. patches in my Star Trek, but she's been. Uh, she was. I think she's the highlight of this movie. Is just as far as the overall. Because what happens is, yeah, we very quickly find out that these two are very close. Yeah. Mother-son. Yeah, it's a close mother-son. And they're like dancing to the the song. What's the name of the song he likes? The uh, uh, Sleepwalker. Is the that... Santo and Johnny. Okay. Uh, yeah. it, if, if you guys don't know that song, uh, look it up. Sleepwalker, Santo and Johnny. And you'll know it within the first three bars. And it's really uh, omnipresent in this movie. Yeah, it's I got, really liked their use of it. It's got an old, uh, old timey fifties. Yeah, like a wist, wistful kind of surf guitar instrumental. Yeah. But, uh, uh, cool sound. Totally becomes super creepy. Yeah, in this movie, the way it's used. Yeah, it's kind it's of a, a kind of like a, a wistful song anyway, yeah. and they just turn it into a. <laughs> like a just weird, creepy, flesh, dark vibe, crawlingly yeah. creepy. Yeah. So yeah, we we find out the the son and and the mom are in cahoots to kidnap or do something with Madchen. I don't know if it's really yeah. Well, that's when we that's why we uh, we talked about how this double feature was was super unintentional until we started noticing the connections mm. outside of just two Stephen King Beyond movies. Just, yeah. Because you got this mother and son duo traveling essentially town to town to feed, mm-hmm. which is literally what happens all... That is a doctor sleep. Absolutely. Uh, so it's just like, oh, King's... Uh, the old King man's hitting on Where some similar themes yeah. here <laughs> lately. Doctor sleep. What? And no, nobody, nobody ever talks about sleepwalkers. I'm just going to start <laughs> ripping all plots from sleepwalkers. It's like how it's cool to reference stuff on The Clash's Sandinista. Because everybody just kind of pretends that they've heard Sandinista a lot. <laughs> I could assemble a bunch of musicians, just record side one of Sandinista. People be like, oh, that sounds really great. <laughs> Nobody have any idea. And so <laughs> King will just start doing that with Sleepwalkers. I assume, yeah. But, I assumed as much. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, just... Yeah, what is it? They're they're seeking out a virgin to feed on, oh, yeah. right? And it's in Northern California. Oh yeah, it which, starts in uh, well, it starts in Bodega. Uh huh. But I think then it's they they were in Bodega and then they moved to the Midwest or something. Yes. Um, they, but we get a great uh, Mark Hamill cameo. In the oh yeah. Be on the lookout for Mark Hamill in the opening scene. Yeah, there's so much uh, just fun stuff for horror fans. Totally. That. Uh, it's another one of those. We've covered a couple others where it's like, why is this not the one that mm-hmm. that people have a ravenous uh, love for? You know what? Why not this one? I, I'm going to go with the uh, incest. Oh, relationship. incest can be a real killer for it's, people. Uh, well, because the room got pretty quiet once yeah. the mother and daughter were like kind of doing the soft little kissy lip. Uh, yeah, it was it was like kitchen. a tender incest. It was yeah, and which is worse actually. We have had so for a while we <laughs> really had uncomfortable stuff. we had we kept accidentally voting for softcore porn <laughs> for a while where it'd be like look I thought this was going to be more about the prison and not specifically the women and I know it's a women in prison but yeah we 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 still we started dipping our toe into softcore accidentally and now like we we've been accidentally picking incest horror movies cuz at the last one we did Amityville 2 
Oh, yeah. Which has like a 10-minute scene where a brother seduces his teen sister. Yeah. Also unnecessary. Oh, boy. That is one of the more uncomfortable scenes in any horror movie. And now we get a just a tender romance between a mom and son. And, you know, it's in this opening scene between them, it's almost like, okay, yeah, maybe they're just weird. Yeah. <laughs> and there's... I just want everyone to know the movie goes back about 20 minutes later, gives them another scene where they are hard fucking in bed. And it's like, no, okay, it's what we thought. <laughs> okay, no. Yeah, it's all the way going. All, all the evidence just gets cashed in at once. It's so awful. Because honestly, that first scene, it's like, all right, they're, they're, there's obviously something going it on. Could they're be vampires just a, or some shit's yeah, happening. Yeah, Norman so, Bates with like a living mom. That's how they're acting, you know, in yeah. the 1500s. Vampires act differently. And maybe they're European. They're o- more open about their relate. We don't know. We don't know. The, maybe it's just kissy kissy. The jury's not out. And then, yeah. And then, Then man, the jury was in. The, <laughs> that is like your whole body being covered in a Band-Aid. <laughs> it gets just ripped. Yeah. They said, oh, that thing you were wondering about? It is. <laughs> Let's play that song again. Yeah. Check this. Check out these wistful guitar whiny riffs. Oh. But at that point, Sleepwalkers was still just like, man, this movie gets it. This movie's doing its own thing, and it's doing it with a weird attitude. <laughs> we got a great... um. We've talked. We gave Clovis all that love, deservedly. Yeah, we go. We got to go back to that. We have a good cop duo. We get a cool buddy cop duo of whatever actor played the <laughs> the human cop and Clovis and Clovis. Yeah, Clovis's partner. Clovis's partner, the human. But he's like a good, a better version of Reginald Vell Johnson's uh, oh, diehard character. I thought. Like a wow, he really nailed that guy in the cop role, and like a pretty impressive hero cop role for oh, yeah. for a movie like this. I don't know if it really helped him because he did have Clovis constantly <laughs> on the screen with him. Feels like a good boost, but it could have just as well hurt him. Oh yeah, like damn, Clovis stole another scene from that poor sap. <laughs> But the guy kind of Clovis even seeing this guy. <laughs> yeah, this guy held his own with Clovis. I thought this guy went toe to paw with Clovis pretty well. <laughs> didn't let didn't let him take too much of that deserved screen time. Clovis had some good window work. Oh yeah, like Clovis had yeah his... like passenger window, like putting my paws up on the windowsill and doing some cat looking <laughs> from the. It's like man. Yeah, he was really good at scanning left to right mm-hmm. and then back, yeah, right to real, left again. Real good cat stuff. A lot of back and forth. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good cat muzzle. But he went, you know, when he had to go to, to battle. Big I mean, action shots. Went, yeah, he went for it. Yeah, big action from Clovis. Um, like I said, a gr- we got the uh, the great Once Upon a Time in Hollywood performance from Brandy oh, this sure. year. The Brandy performance was a keen, recent animal performance absolutely but, but clovis is like unheralded somebody needs to track down clovis today <laughs> Start give the that cemetery. guy <laughs> <laughs> this <cat> is dead <laughs> you know if he was one during the movie cats can be 20 i mean there could have been nine clovises we don't know dude that's if they can find nine cats to do what clovis did in this movie 
I'm surprised people Start weren't. Baseball I'm team. surprised we're not. Yeah, <laughs> we're not getting taken over by Clovi today. <laughs> but, is that what Cloverfield was about? <laughs> Clovis Field. So the movie take it's like a good mix of like some pretty impressive action, some good effects, a bunch of cats, tons of cats. Yeah. So cats are showing up at these people's house. Yeah. Like, right. Cats from the can sense, which is cool, the vampires. Yeah. In this movie, so that's why Clovis is such a baller. Because he's like, he can smell the spice. <laughs> Clovis knows. Uh, he knows where the, like where the deal's going down. Yeah. It's yeah. a good guy to have on your side when you're dealing with vampires. And so these people are like, that's like the running gag with this creepy mother-son vampire team. It's always like, have we called the animal control people to get rid of all these cats? <laughs> it's like there's this constant, like... Yeah. Routine of They're like out there again. we gotta get the cats away from here. Mother, stop looking at the cats. Ignore <laughs> yeah. the cats, mother. A lot of to- a lot of directions to don't 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 think about the cats. <laughs> like they're drawing attention to us, and there's literally like hundreds of cats out surrounding their house. They're just chilling. Yeah, yeah. they're all just cats bathing in a Waiting. field. Cats are patient. Though. How they, did they, they wrangle do. that many cats? That's what I'm saying. This is an impressive genre production. Mm-hmm. This is a great genre picture that maybe I'm just somehow missed all of the circles that praise Sleepwalkers and hail it as one of their favorite movies. Mm. But that's a weird, you think I'd be somewhere in a Venn diagram of people talking about that on Twitter if they are. We're going to have to start our own Venn diagram, I think. I think I, we are. We're, we're, this is it. This sleep is circle heads, one man. right here. Yeah. Boom, sleepheads. <laughs> you know, the sleepiest. So yeah, I was... But yeah, this movie that the primary reason we were likely going to watch it was Ron Perlman. Oh yeah, Perlman's in like a five-minute scene. He gets dispatched fairly quickly. Yeah, like eighty minutes into this picture. I was gonna say he doesn't actually even show up until the basically the end. Yeah, and then it's like, well, why did they have to add this extra like cop character? Yeah, the cop who just not only is the character is like feels- an asshole and then gets taken out pretty quickly. Like, yeah. all right. Yeah, like he has maybe owed him a favor. Like it was like Ron was like, "Look, man, just have me come on as a cop. Yeah, I'll mug around for a minute." He's an extended version of the kind of character who's like the tough guy that kicks in the door and then just gets the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> You're like, who was that guy? Yeah, exactly. Who that guy that got steamrolled really for some reason? They up. for some reason they got Ron Perlman to basically come in, act like a total dick face to everyone, and then get immediately murdered. <laughs> Which we're like, oh boy, we would a a celebration of Ron Perlman. Yeah, I'm glad we got there uh, for that. Yeah, and so this movie that we were going to watch because of Ron Perlman becomes an amazing horror movie experience for every reason that isn't Ron Perlman. So it was quite a nice little surprise. Totally, but I yeah, I despite all the uh, incest, I actually did quite enjoy this movie. Yeah, I mean. I'm saying the incest. I guess I'm. I got indoctrinated. You're thinking it's. It actually. It's just. Helped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nope. because it, it, because <laughs> otherwise this movie is just like. So they're you know they're not exactly you know Lestat vampires. They're more like. Yeah. They seem like they're more like ancient creatures, or maybe they were trying to be aliens. But the shape shifting is them actually going into their true form of being a kind of a, almost a cat like. Yeah. It's kind of like a cat people. Yeah. Scenario. Yeah. I guess it, bar- so. it borrows. I mean, if you read it as cat people, it plays just as, you know, movies filled with cats. <laughs> uh, 
And it's almost like it took, went from the original cat people, which is very like dark and mysteriously sexy, mm. into the the eighties cat people with Nastasha Kinski, where it's a straight up erotic right. thriller. So they're just like, what if we took the erotic vibes? Right, take this erotic part of eighty two's cat people. Yeah. But, I think that's exactly what Stephen King did here. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know what movie was really good? <laughs> Cat people. King can insert some... Uh, he, he, don't, he don't shy away from weird sex. Oh, no. Not usually weird sex acts, like weird sex couplings. Mm. Or just, you know, uh, the it spoilers that, we, that we've talked about before. Sure. And uh, just like, oh, he's writing this. All right. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, he's going back to it. Okay. He doesn't shy away from it. And... Uh, and they weirded out on Sleepwalkers. I just, I just looked it up because I was curious. We were wondering what the home video market is. Oh, yeah. So it does have a Blu-ray. Okay. Fairly new. Uh, Shout Factory put it out in November of Shout. 18. Shout. So it's been out for just a little over a year, which, you know, I'd say when the Blu-ray horror boom started, when Shout started doing stuff in pff, 13, 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. I think those movies have re, you know, had so much more time to be rediscovered on the nicest medium. Sleepwalkers just been out on Blu-ray for a year, so I don't know when people are now. Oh, I don't own a Blu-ray player anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. I don't know. I'm just so confused at why we haven't heard more about this. Because people should I'm really. I'm really gonna have to go back to the incest. <laughs> no. Uh- <laughs> why do I keep every time I bang my fist? I'm like, I just don't see it. And then you're like. It's Remember probably the incest. <laughs> we keep talking about it. Um, so yeah, but otherwise it's got all the classic elements. I mean the yeah, there's the the mansion is a great kind of. She's young, a great uh, uh, great girl heroine. Girl. Yeah, 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 she's she's totally unsuspecting. We've obviously. really, if anything, this past year and a half, I've noticed it more and more since we started this uh, podcast. Just how many good horror movie female roles we've gotten just. By chance over the last year plus uh and it's been none of the ones like uh black christmas which is viewed as powerful women characters but right. I, you know i didn't get it <laughs> um and we just like have happened into a bunch of like wow i had no idea this girl was in it wow she's amazing in this because right. yeah she's a really great horror female lead she's great and i it's just now i'm just remembering that they don't actually meet at high school. They meet at the movie theater. Mm. So it's got that great, like, her working at the movie theater. Oh, God. How could I and, forget that? And having the popcorn and all that stuff. That's, like, my... F- Such a great That is one kid. of my favorite movie things. Yeah. Is when, when, like, a person works at a movie theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, like, you know, the opening of Night of the Comet. Right. Uh, Imagine's basically wearing the same uniform. She is. She's, she's wearing the, the, the Night of the Comet it's outfit. It's pretty much the... It's like, like the red... Uh, Oh, the red vest. Yeah, uh, I just I do love both genders work in a movie theater in a movie. Always love seeing movie theaters in movies. Totally. Oh, and yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. Oh, <laughs> now, see Sleepwalkers. Here's the other confusing thing about this movie. Though. <laughs> Let's dive back into the meat of Sleepwalkers. Uh, oh, we're going long on Sleepwalkers. I have, I have more questions. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the next question I have is is really about the powers of these creatures. Yeah. Fuzzy. As, as defined. Fuzzy on that. They seem to be immortal mm-hmm. as long as they feed. Yeah. But 
the mother is complaining of starving the whole time. So they seem like they might have to feed pretty regularly. Which again, or it's that's been a while. same kind of theme in Dr. Sleep. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. The, the, <laughs> same the exact way that thing. they were weak and like getting weaker and having to feed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Same thing. Um, they can shapeshift, obviously. Yeah. And disappear. Yeah, the disappearing, I think, was when we started having problems. Okay, good. I think that's because, you know... We can establish immortality and shape-shifting. Those things, those can go together. I'll put that out there. You know, that feels like a superpower that a superhero can have. But then once they turned invisible, we were like, wait, Mm -hmm. how much, can they just do anything then? That's when a character gets sucky. Right, but then they can (laughs) shape-shift the car. Yeah, then they can shape-shift things that aren't that invisible. So, yeah. Uh, That one. uh, Yeah. At that point, That's that was when it's like, swallow. oh, so they... That was they, a bit tough to swallow. Yeah, once you give a super villain that many different things they could do, it feels like, boy, you really uh, built up a tough wall to climb yeah. here, didn't you? But some Maginomic, though, and Clovis, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna crack the code? Look... We Clovis all have smell him. We did. all have confidence in Clovis. Well, but, that's why the cats are so badass because they don't need to see. Yeah, they that's can true. Smell them. This is like, I really do kind of love that. It felt like that's a gag written by a cat owner. <laughs> so I wonder if King's like a big cat guy, because there's all these times where my cat son tacos, he'll just be looking out the window so intently at something, and I'll come up behind him and just be like, "Oh yeah." Just really focusing hard on nothing at all. Because he's but a cat. He's seeing the heat he's, signature he from seeing? that sleepwalker yeah. out there. What's he seeing? There's totally. like. So I d- it feels like a gag written by someone who's observed their cat. But yeah. So, like I, I said, it. at the very beginning of this, a lot of stuff didn't quite make sense. Confusing plot in ways. Uh, could be picked apart if you're a joyless shit sack, I guess. <laughs> This is not really Wait, a movie where my, to... Where my shit sack's at. <laughs> yeah. This really isn't a movie to pick apart. There was problems while... All of us had problems, but we kind of laughed through them. Yeah. Just like, oh, this movie's just pulling anything out. So it's like somehow the problems just added to the movie. The problematic elements. I don't know. Real uh, real crowd pleaser. That I, was our. That was like our first film of the day right i think that kicked off our big day yeah yeah, yeah it did. so that was like good a good way to start and yeah the, afterwards the consensus was like that was a good film yeah to lead off like the perfect opener so that's that seems like high praise it's fun it's yeah. got yeah it's got that good creepy element it's got some fun effects and yeah. cats and cats it's really cool saving the day so we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna uh come back with part two i'm saying this how long did we record on this uh, we went about, forever. About 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah We're going to come back after this break thirty on, yeah. to conclude our Sleepy Steve double feature, Dr. Sleep. So, let's come to this. Yeah, it has. Yeah, being frank with you. We're back for uh, the second part of our Sleepy Steve. Hope you guys didn't get too sleepy there. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, you're not feeling it. And uh, I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Yes, and uh, we got sleepy with sleepwalkers, and now we'll get sleepy with, uh, we'll go to school <laughs> and go to doctor sleep. 
We're going straight to the doctor. Yeah, Professor um, Sleep. Just came out uh, back in uh, October or November of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And this a, was one we new one. did not wait to see in Third Street Cinemas. We went to the big, oh, yeah, uh, we, we went first run. I was excited this about one. this one. Mm-hmm. I, Genuinely. Uh, I've read a ton of Stephen King. We both have. We're big King fans. I truthfully, this is going to show my colors a bit, didn't know there was a sequel to The Shining. Mm. I'd never heard of this Doctor Sleep. I haven't read any 2010s Stephen King. Uh, so I, I had I had heard of it, but only that it was a sequel and that uh, Danny was all grown up. That mm. was literally all I knew about it. So I hadn't heard of this. Didn't know it was coming. I knew there was a movie called Doctor Sleep. Uh-huh. And the whole time, until like two weeks before it came out, I thought it was like a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, Dr. Sleep. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, didn't they just do that with Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, Dr. Sleep. That makes sense. Another new, <laughs> a new Dr. Sleep movie? Sure, 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 sure. I mean, Don't the, care. You know, uh, damn, wasn't there like a Sleepwalker hero for a little while? When I was a kid in the 90s, there was like this run... Uh, of comics for like 12 issues. I think it was called Sleepwalker. It was like this alien that would go into your dreams. So, huh. Good stuff. All right. Doctor <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> so I, uh, not only did I not know what Doctor Sleep was going to be mm. about, uh, I didn't even know there was a Doctor Sleep until two weeks before. But then when I found out, like, oh, I want to see that. I found out who was directing it. You know, mm-hmm. I found, uh, and I, uh, I didn't know who was in it, but uh, I trusted the the plan. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, screenplay and directed by uh, Mike Flanagan. Yeah, Mike Flanagan's a guy whose movies I haven't. Uh, I don't think I've loved any Mike Flanagan stuff, but uh, I'm always vaguely interested right. in what he's gonna do. I think he has a lot of good ideas in his stuff. I know uh, what you mean. Um, I, I I'm kind of the same way. Like I really like his movies. I'm not sure if any of them are like instant classic kind of level for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've never uh I've never sat through one that I've like disliked. Right. I guess. But right. I all none of them are also ones that I'm like end up being one of my favorite horror films of that year. So, but he's you know, but yet at the same time, I say all that. When I saw he was the director of this, for whatever reason, I was more excited. Yeah. So Did you sure ever see that. the Haunting of Hill House uh, series? No, 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 no. One of my Good coworkers stuff. really, really likes it. Yeah. He says even for the parts of it that dips, he says the the high points are uh, are really high. It's really good. Uh, but I haven't. So. Uh, and I think what Flanagan's really good at doing is uh, creating an atmosphere and building tension mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. He, he doesn't go for the jump scares. He's much better about having the thing creep up on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the so, anticipation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, I was excited when I saw his name was attached, and then we had a pretty great last minute idea because a coworker of mine saw it, uh, and then said that uh, he kind of dropped that it was playing on the big screen at the Roxy. There's one theater upstairs, Theater Twelve, at our. At our big local theater. That's haunted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some kid died in there. It got crushed by one of the new recliners. <laughs> it was a horrible accident. That's why it took so long yeah. to reconstruct That's why the that remodel thing. took forever. <laughs> um, but it is 
the biggest screen in the county. It is, big. it is huge. And so we saw, we've seen, we've had some pretty good horror experiences there. We saw Midsummer on that screen, mm-hmm. and we saw Us, Us yeah. on that screen. And it, for horror especially, that gigantic screen is a really fun gimmick for totally. me. It's the huge theater and the screen. You just feel like the whole, everything you can see in front of you is movie screen. And I think it, uh, I always seem to have a good audience uh, experience in the big screen too. Cause I think everyone's excited to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like people seek that out. Yeah. That yeah. Big screen. Exactly. So, and so uh, every time we've had, yeah, we've been in the big screen. Yeah. The reactions seem louder. It's just, a good good vibe in the room for the biggest room for being have. haunted it's pretty cool yeah i didn't even <laughs> think about that kid dying the whole time and kids die in this movie so oh, that yeah. the movie distracted me from the actual kids that died in theater 12 <laughs> sorry <Daniel. laughs> sorry buddy um but yeah so just being in the big the big theater the second i found out it was playing on the big screen i hadn't thought of seeing it in the first run theater i was cool to wait mm-hmm. to third street and then i basically texted you like that night being like what are you doing tomorrow it's the last day it's gonna be on the big screen because we knew it didn't it kind of underperformed at the box office right. right and that was the first week it came out and i was like oh there's no way it's gonna stay on the big screen since it tanked and uh so it's like we need to see it tomorrow this is the only showing and uh we did it we did it buddy and i remember <laughs> It was one of those, uh, it was also a special audio, what's the new audio gimmick? Oh yeah, um, just a bunch of letters put together, it basically, DBLX or something, you know? Yeah, but it was the, the new audio system that's like, the best surround ever sure. made. Like, oh yeah. It's a crazy intense, mul- like, hundred speaker setup that, that not every theater that, has. that almost ruined you for this movie though because you were so into the pre-roll Dude. uh audio <laughs> highlight reel got, that they were doing we got you like, were like i don't want this to end yeah we got like a powerpoint presentation that was like this interactive experience right. it was, was like like when they used to do the thx thing yeah, and you'd have the little the robot best flying version around of and it's that. like oh the thx thing broke better get that little robot out yeah but it was that, but it was like raindrops over Dude, here. I was so into Elk it. Running over here. It was here. like a sick you were planetarium like, uh, experience. Or something. Yeah. It was like I was at the Exploratorium. It was funny. Yeah, we were like I was like in my recliner <laughs> and we got the bet we got the best seats in the house. We c I can't believe they were open. There's that one row that's dead center. Mm-hmm. So you're looking it's like the most straight on view of the screen, you know? So it really feels like the world is at your feet mm. when you're in this full recline in your big recliner. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there in this recliner and yeah, the screen's like advertising the new, like you're going to, you're going to knock your dick on your ass with this. And you're like, Whoa, they're getting really intense with this. <laughs> and then it's like, what if it was raining in the theater? <laughs> and then suddenly it sounds like, Oh, we're surrounded in this yeah. thunderstorm. A woman and- to our left screamed. She was just like, <laughs> <laughs> they were really I was fully expecting like the like our seats to start shaking like oh yeah, yeah we're in like rumble Those seats. exist right yeah. yeah oh man and so I I leaned over to Charlie I was like I 
I'm so into this. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't the movie yet. <laughs> I'm so excited right now. This is just the advertisement right for the speakers. <laughs> I get really excited in just the previews my because I don't play. I, I just watch pro wrestling on my phone during the previews themselves. This is why you don't know that there's a Dr. Sleep yeah, coming. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. So I'm just like, I'm going to watch. Uh, you You're know. like I never hear about these movies till they come out. <laughs> also, I don't watch. Also, I actively <laughs> ignore all TV and trailers. Um, but I love at our our local cinemas the the filling up a Coke glass sound. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> like, oh my god! Right before you like the, that, <laughs> I love it. Right before movie starts, we get like the sound of popcorn popping every and the sound, time. Yeah, it's, but it's it's. I think the Roxy themselves made this. I, I've I never think so. seen this I think it's at a local theater ad, yeah. Because it's just, yeah, it's just like right before the movie, the popping of the popcorn, the the screen fills up with popcorn, which then goes down, and then yeah, the soda fills up, and then and then they even put a straw in the soda, and then, yeah, you got ice clacking like, around. Ah, enjoy the movie, you know, buy your popcorn and stuff. I'm into it. Ah, I'm always into it, and so that's usually the extent of my aural movie pleasures. Well, is that Coke fizz? It's like <laughs> going up. And so here it's just like you're in a bird sanctuary and we're like <laughs> surrounded in like oh these birds sound pretty cool. And then it's like oh it's raining and like <laughs> oh, and then like thunder and it's like oh there's like the big bass Dude, shake. Get out of here. Yeah. I was just, I was way into it. That's funny. But it I don't know if it put me in the right mood <laughs> Doctor Sleep. It kind of lulled us to yeah. Yeah, a little bit of lulling. And because uh, so I did end up seeing Doctor Sleep twice. Mm. I saw it opening week with you, and then I saw it again when it came to Third Street. And I was way more into it the second time around. The first time around, I had a lot of questions and a lot of stuff that lost me a little bit. Yeah. And the second time around, I enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, I, I got way more into it, and uh, uh, thought I gave less credit to certain things that I enjoyed more the second time. Mm. Kind of a Similar with Midsummer, where it ramped up a well, lot you know, for me on the second viewing. There is so much of that of like uh, you're so preoccupied trying to figure out the plot and mm-hmm. this and that, and yeah. Then once you're like, okay, now I know where this is going, you go back and you watch those scenes, and yeah, yeah. Once you don't have to think about specific uh, elements of and explanations, right? And you can just kind of pay attention to stuff. There's a lot of movies Which we've seen maybe like that. could be an argument for spoilers. Here, yeah, Harry, I know, right? Maybe you Boy, would enjoy a... movies more the first time yeah. if you knew that Captain Marvel was going to you know, <laughs> fight Doctor Sleep or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, maybe. I don't know. I don't. Know. But uh, you do I, you, buddy. I like going into a movie and just being like. All right, so let's let's see what you have to show me because I got, don't know what to expect. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. No, I think, no, I it's I somewhere in the middle. Feel like you know, I'm it's... really watching movies wrong now. <laughs> this um, is an intervention. So I didn't know who was in it, and one of my favorite elements of the movie was a person who I have avoided accidentally. Hmm. What's the main actress's name? The main actress, yeah. uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson, I've Rose just... the hat. Yeah. Uh, who is a character I was kind of not confused by, but I guess not expecting the first mm. go-round. And on the second view through, she's clearly one of the bigger strengths of the movie. She, and, to me, was one of my favorite parts, absolutely. And she's somebody that uh, I know one of our, our movie group friends uh dave from the colt knights hmm. 
apparently this is like his favorite actress. So they, oh, okay. so he was like incredibly excited to see this. They didn't go to a cult screening cause mm. they wanted to see this on the Thursday it came out. And then when I heard that, I felt bad because I had no clue who she was talking about. I haven't really seen a lot of the new Mission Impossibles. I haven't seen uh, the Queen or yeah, the White Queen or stuff like scene. that. Yeah, she's it's, I mean, she's new on the scene, but she's like our age. I mean, last seven years, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I don't really know her from anything in particular, but uh, I thought her character. But I was into the way she it. played it <laughs> in the movie. She she's, has like uh, a, yeah, a cool. So we're just jump. I'm. I kind of just dove in to my Let's, favorite thing in the diving. movie. So yeah, we're diving this in. That's what we've been doing. Uh, I just for a lead villain, mm-hmm. it's a cool direction that I. Even if I knew there was a Shining sequel, I wouldn't have assumed they would go to this. It wasn't what I was expecting from the lead evil. Yeah. In a in a Shining movie, you know. It is kind of a, yeah. The whole idea of this being a sequel to The Shining is. Uh... In of itself, it's yeah. If you don't know the book or or you don't know where the story goes, yeah, you're like, what? What else? What are we? What else are we saying about the Shining? What, yeah, what, what else is? I never you know? really asked for a, a follow up on Danny. I don't no. know why. I, I just never thought of it as a thing. Like, oh man, I'd love to see this guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, you like, know. I don't need a boyhood with Danny. Torrance. Exactly. Yeah, we don't. Need Although to check maybe in that would be Danny. good. I don't know. Maybe we need to check in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but but I love the way that they yeah kind of moved into this new story. Yeah, and oh, they have I, these characters out here, and then agreed. And then what the the thing that this does that all good sequels do is it expands the world beyond just one boy with powers. Yeah, and uh, you you get a sense of outside of this hotel that is the you know the whole of The Shining. Mm-hmm. There's this whole world where this is happening. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that. That's that to important. Me is really, that hooks me in when I'm like, oh, there's more to learn. There's and more to this. We're getting, we're learning more of yeah. what went into this. And in that, it, that it, the movie me. succeeded for me in a lot of those ways. Like I said, I'm 100% unfamiliar with the source material. Yeah. Could not tell you if anything was changed from the book to the movie and if that's a controversial thing. But I liked how the movie expanded yeah, this from is not what a we book already podcast. knew. Yeah. We're not here to talk about Get over books. It. I've been reading it for four months. Right. I'm a bad reader. You animals. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bad reader. I'm a decent watcher. A tough reader, though. <laughs> Very bad. And so, uh, I for yeah, once I heard there was a Shining sequel, I wasn't totally sold that mm. I would be into it. Because I'm never, I'm never of the, like, I wonder what Danny Torrance would be like as an adult. The well, kid. Sure. A kid going through a, a horrific situation is more horrific and interesting to me in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. An adult going through some hard times doesn't hit me the same way. And so I wasn't super intrigued by Danny Torrance as slumming it right. guy. Right. But I think they pulled it off as best as possible. It just was an interesting dynamic that then played off the creepy rebecca ferguson vibe Mm -hmm. i liked the rehab angle of the movie less than the gypsy vampires Mm. kind of thing again the gypsy vampire vibe very similar to sleepwalkers very much yeah but the movie does a couple really cool things that could have come off as like bad the force awakens Mm. horseshit like retread kind of stuff yeah, references to the older movies never quite 
go oh, great. Right, right. Uh, the Terminator movie that came out. This I, haven't, year? I haven't seen the new one. Uh, this what? is going to be a minor Terminator. Watch tangent. out, guys. What was this one called? Was it Terminator Salvation or something? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> dark a, Fate? What a was, room. Wasn't it like a Dark Fate or something? Yeah, like I that? think you're right. So Terminator, we're old now. Yeah, <laughs> Dark Fate. You're right. I'm the one that saw the <laughs> stupid movie. Um, so <laughs> the best thing about Terminator: Dark Fate was they kept falling flat on their face every time they referenced the old Terminators, mm. and it was the funniest thing because it was done so open faced and sincerely. And there, you could think somebody somewhere is like, "This will be a really good line," mm. and it's just the it's the most hilarious series callback. I'm gonna lead with the best one. I, I was gonna say I need examples here. We're gonna jump to my favorite. Okay, this is gonna be riddled with Terminator Dark Fate spoilers, people. Watch out, guys! But you'll be fine. <laughs> Trust me. Trust the guy that doesn't like spoilers. You'll be fine. <laughs> so Arnold. Who is um, Schwarzenegger? Arnold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just make sure. I just, you know, I didn't see it. I just want to make sure. <laughs> just to be clear, it's like that uh, Arnold Vosloo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the guy from The Mummy, who's also confusingly in this movie. Um, yeah, so one of, my, one of the best parts, this movie was more ridiculous than Aquaman. In God. kind of that, like, I'm glad I saw this, but woof. Right, right guys? <laughs> um, so... In case you're wondering why we did not do a full episode on yeah, Dark Fate. I was gonna tell I was told Charlie I'm seeing Terminator Dark Fate. We might record this this Friday, and then if you're wondering why Charlie never heard me bring up Terminator Dark Fate again, um, so Arnold the the T eight hundred Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. he he plays a man. We get to see the Terminator basically live in witness protection. Oh, yeah. So sure. he's just like a normal guy who I think does like curtain installation. Oh, God. And his name is Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That's his identity that yeah. he's going by. You have Carl, comma, the Terminator. <laughs> and he has like a wife. They have a kid. I think she, I think he, she might have had a kid. Maybe she doesn't have a kid. I'm a lot of fuzziness around Terminator Dark Fate. There was a lot of laughs. <laughs> and um when they when he knows he's going to have to go on a final mission to save humanity sure. know, from Skynet he looks to his wife <laughs> and in my head I'm like oh god say it please say it <laughs> like I saw it coming a mile away and I was like leaning way into it just like do it do it and I'm like like Marco Scudero in the playoffs in the rain. <laughs> like I'm Andy Dufresne coming out of the, the rainy hole. Just like arms open, shirt flapping. I'm like, come on, give it, give it up. Say the line. And he goes, I won't be back. Oh, <laughs> Arnie. And I was like, this is it. Sweeping all the awards in my heart. 
I love it. So every like famous line from the Terminator, he just says it like the reverse. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. And it's it's gorgeous. I love it. And so, as I was saying, <laughs> Terminator, so what, dark dark fate yeah. over. So yeah, Back making to... callbacks to earlier parts of the franchise, not a guarantee. Totally, it can fall hilariously on its butt over and over and over again until it snowballs into me like almost peeing my pants laughing at Terminator Dark Fate. <laughs> well, and then this one, they're not just calling back The Shining. They actually, the movie starts in 1980 Yeah, in uh, another part of the country where Rose the Hat and this gang of gypsy vampires is attacking a, another young child with yeah, The Shining. Yeah, the movie starts, that is, so that was a great, great scene, Great opening by the way. scene, yeah. The Rose the Hat introduction scene. Really chilling stuff right off the bat. That just really like uh, it too, which I loved, had that the some of the stuff that's really scary to me. Right, like that scene in it too with the girl with the birthmark who gets lured under the, uh, the yeah. bleachers. Yeah, yeah. By Pennywise. Oh, this had a lot of that. That was energy. chilling, mm-hmm. and just like basically any adult misleading a child is already hitting nerves. Right. Well, you see Rose kind of lure the child over, and then all of a sudden there's these people surrounding her dude the the really, way they the ooh, way he yeah. shot the other gypsy members of her weird gang suddenly multiplying mm-hmm. where now there's this weird guy in a vest pretty good gang oh, pretty yeah. good creepy gang good gang i wasn't as into it the first time around and i do have some complaints mainly that there seem to be a few duds in the gang and we don't see what they did to get into the gang. Right. And I don't like that about movie gangs. I want to get why somebody belongs. Well, because uh, this movie, you know, uh, we'll go back to the Shining relationship, but they yeah. spend a good portion of, not a good, you know, 20 minutes it felt like, introducing this new gang character and then recruiting this girl because she had a special power. Yeah. And there's yeah, like so, other people so with like, the okay, Shining. So they're out finding yeah. people with this power to join the gang. Yeah. And then you see like, the schlubby guy is like, I drive the truck. Yeah. Like, uh, like, why did they, what? Yeah. Who, how'd this guy get a ticket? <laughs> exactly. And so the, it's almost felt like they made the gang a little too big. Cause you got some weird tertiary guys yeah. and he's like, they're like, we did it. And then he comes into the frame. It's like, we did it. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, you didn't. You saved some for me. Hey, Carl. <laughs> Let's, you didn't really do it, Carl. All right. Come on, Carl. Yeah. And yeah, so we got so, a few Carl's. On the edges of, of this game. A couple of crawls. And, uh, but Rose the Hat is like, it's such a cool vibe for a villain. Cause she's kind of like a cool Coachella mom. <laughs> like, I could see that, yeah. Just wearing like a chambray shirt tied at the waist with some like yoga baby. pants. Yeah. And she's just like, has like a Ian Astbury of the cult <laughs> kind of vibe. Like, you know, she probably has some turquoise jewelry. Oh yeah, and like big time, you know, big he makes turquoise. Yeah, jewelry. a big the cult vibe. Oh, from, absolutely. Uh, it's a little maybe that's too on the nose to to make your villain look like Ian Asbury when she like is in a cult. A cult. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot know. of the cult talk. <laughs> really, uh, but well, she does have the hat. She does. She, she's got it's the, a cool look, the cool and she has hat. this just like slinky delivery to everything. There's some other scenes where she's more like a Disney villain. Mm. And uh, overall, just loved any Rose the Hat scene. Totally, but yeah, we the the recruiting stuff into their gang made me 
actually start to wish for even with the flaws that I think the movie has, I still wish it was like a 10 episode Netflix thing. Right. Because I would have loved to see see way more of the gang recruiting and the gang killing. And I think you could have expanded the world even more because I think their ideas would translate. The ideas in the movie would translate really well, I think, to a longer form. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, it, I agree. It made me. It ha- the ideas were strong enough that I wanted more of this movie, and for that reason, I think some stuff was rushed through, right? Or given an uh, odd amount of time to versus something else that should have had that time. Yeah, that's uh, and it's also like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, it's a two movie. like a two forty. <clears throat> so already so. you're thinking, well, that's three episodes of a TV show right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but and everything they did in this in this movie could have been. I mean, you could have extended some of these longer scenes into full TV episodes mm-hmm. successfully. I think so. so yeah. I think uh, I'm not rooting for stuff to be longer usually, but some ep- some movies like this, I'm like, I wish we got more time yeah. to delve into things. Well, like I just watched the new uh, Watchmen on HBO oh, series. Oh, sure. Man, if you had tried to do that story in a two and a half hour movie, it would have been a mess. Sure. So some things need to take that time. Yeah. If you're telling a complex enough That's story. That's why we have so many Land so. Before Time movies. Uh, yeah. We can't, I mean, story is not done being told. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to time, people. <laughs> <laughs> we got a long way to go. When does this time kick in? Yeah, we're <laughs> way before time. <laughs> Countdown. Uh, so uh, I didn't know where any of Dr. Sleep was going, but we dive right into not just recreations of old moments, but we get these flashback uh, out-of-place moments that totally work, like that shot... The, the room that looks exactly like the office that Jack Nicholson interviewed. Yes. In yeah. The Shining. A lot of that. There's So there's a lot of just direct recreations repurposed. Right. And that could have come off really lame and instead just comes off like a, oh, they're really nailing this. Totally. And yeah, so not like I said, uh, starts in 1980, we get some shots from the original shining recreated Danny mm-hmm. and uh, on the uh, tricycle yeah yeah, yeah. Going in around. flashbacks and stuff yeah um they didn't just reuse the old film they actually yeah, shot they it remade yeah and made it look they like rebuilt the sets and it was cool man and, and got look-alike actors that oh man the actress uh who plays uh Wendy yeah unbelievable if anything was as good as uh rose the hat i was loving i wanted more of this woman's uh shelly duvall impression yes she nails the voice which is crazy it was the voice yeah not only did she look just like her the voice was that and then you realize what a unique wonderful voice shelly duvall has (laughs) yeah exactly how much her voice genuinely added to the shining she has such a vulnerable uh, but piercing quality. Yeah. You know, it's such a great movie voice. And this woman nails it. I'm going to tell you, uh, just because you're going to love this, the woman is, uh, her name is Alex Esso. Okay. She starred in one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years, Starry Eyes. Oh, she was the girl in Starry Eyes? Yeah. We watched that on one of our uh, was, movie days. That's such a good movie. Great, great this decade horror flick. Totally. Definitely definitely in the top top of my list, um, too. But yeah, she's great. The little kid who, who plays the young Danny's great. You even later on see a guy playing Jack Torrance. Man, and who, that's a tough gig. Oh, because yeah. Because everybody from the 80s <laughs> through the 90s, 
before there was an everybody does a Christopher Walken impression from American culture, there was a everybody can do a Nicholson impression. Absolutely. Yeah. He was the like the every white person can do a Nicholson. Yeah. And so having a guy, oh, so I have to just play Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Oh, yeah. Great. Just one of the most iconic roles. Cool. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Good and stuff. so, and I like they just, they didn't go with a guy that looked exactly like. Yeah. I'm so happy I, totally. they did this. This made me so on board with the movie. Yeah. That they didn't exactly go. exactly what you're about to say. Like, well, let's just make uh, Princess Leia look like she has Polar Express eyes. Yes. And I'm so, it's so much better. Oh, please. It's so much better. If anyone is listening to this, <laughs> yeah. stop de-aging actors. Yeah. Cut when, it if, out. Especially if it's like, look, The Irishman, pretty good movie. Robert De Niro walking around as this hunched over 25-year-old. <laughs> Not good. Robert De Niro. Get a, get a young guy to play those 20 minutes of yeah. the young De Niro and then move it in, you know, when it's more appropriate for him to play that character. I hope. Uh, I am. I hope I'm in as good a shape as De Niro when I'm like seventy. But at the same time, I'm not holding out for anybody being like, "Who's this twenty-five-year-old over here? Look at this twenty-five-year-old who's who's got two bad knees and occasional twinge around his left shoulder blade." Yeah. So it's like, oh, so, yeah. When he's like getting in fights, when he's supposed to be like a. Yeah. Fearless. Oh, he's barely moving his arms around. He's just like shuffling. And he's in around. great shape for his age. So I'm so once once I saw that they were going recreation homage route, it worked so much better. Yeah, it was so it was it feels risky, but the more I think about it, it's no, it's way better because nobody likes these AI Star Wars things. No. The way they did it here, new actors. Have them play the same characters, but we get it. We yeah. don't need to see uh, CGI Shelley Duvall yeah. to know I love, uh, who Wendy well, Torrance see, is. We can get Shelley Duvall, but we got to like smooth her out and give like, oh, no. that would have been so bad yeah. watching her with a weird fake face. Instead, you know, what they did was so much fun and it, it added to the movie and it was like it it scratched the, you know, it's it could be a, a call to nostalgia, but for me, it scratched the right nostalgia itch mm-hmm. i loved seeing the recreated overlook totally you know i mean in the star wars movies there's not tons of actors i love seeing more than peter cushing <laughs> you know in a in a yeah. great hammer horror movie i love peter cushing i did not like polar express peter cushing in that one star wars movie it's like man i know what you guys are doing but i do not like i'm not liking staring at this you could have had any old guy actor. Do you know how many old dudes look like would Peter have been Cushing? Great. Who would have given a yeah. killer Peter Cushing like impression or yeah. whatever you want? Yeah, totally, dude. And yeah, so, right. the recreations in The Shining. I think I was so refreshed <laughs> by what they were doing. It's like, yeah, this does work for me. And those little moments, like uh, a to- a totally different scene. It's not like Jack Torrance was interviewing anywhere. You get like a doctor's visit. I think it's Shelley Duvall talking to Danny's doctor, but it's that same exact shot, that same. It's a cool way to do what Gus Van Sant did with Psycho. Right. It's a cooler approach to a montage. It's giving a different twist. It's doing that like the NES remix. Yeah, yeah. Where it's putting Zelda, you know, Link in Mario's world. 
You know, it's that kind of thing. And I think that makes more for a fun nostalgia twist. I'm right there and with And so I was, I was into those elements. Yeah. I also, I liked a lot what they did with expanding kind of the, the powers that Danny has. Because uh, yeah. in this movie, you know, they, they leave the hotel, but the ghosts are still following him. The lady in the bathtub is still, you know, now is in his apartment bathtub. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how he's... He's still kind of haunted by these creatures who sure. still want his because you know, and then it kind of is like you get all this information about how the the hotel was kind of feeding off of him and the way all of this is working. It was like I, I liked it, and then he's talking to Doc, even though or uh, yeah, yeah, and him, hey, uh, who's who's what's the name of the old uh, you know Scatman character? Uh, oh yeah, he calls yeah. Danny Doc. He calls but, Danny Doc. Yeah, yeah, uh, and anyways. again, another one we didn't have to get. A, yeah, a recreated yeah, great actor Scatman Crothers that character and and um like so it, it, it was so much better it kind of uh yeah it just gave this the, you know Danny's powers are pretty n- not defined in the a shining you know it's exactly he, you know he can telepathically talk to people dick and, by the way dick dick thank dick you. Halloran and uh yeah, yeah so we, this we didn't really, really get a sense what of what he actually does yeah uh so now I didn't really love Ewan McGregor in the movie. Hmm. I, I wasn't into his part, and I don't like that actor who plays the the rehab dude that takes him under his wing. Oh, the actor's name's like, like Cliff Curtis. Don't like that guy. He's in that bad Walking Dead spinoff. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never like him in the. And so when I saw he was the guy who's going to be the like, hey brother, you can stay at my place. Yeah, like, yeah. oh great, <laughs> I have to. So I think that made me look forward even more to the Rose the Hat stuff. So I oh, didn't have right. to be watching that guy. I don't know. It's it's a nitpick, I guess, but I, I, I just uh, wasn't as into the the Ewan McGregor stuff. Ewan McGregor to me is so like I'm, you know, I love him when he's good, but yeah, uh, I've never been like oh. You oh, you and McGregor's in this? Oh, yeah. cool. New, the oh. new McGregor's out? Oh, man, I got to go yeah. see that. I never even saw the train spotting uh, sequel nah, they no, did. did I'm just like, eh. But and so I was just so much more intrigued by Rebecca Ferguson yeah. as Rose. She had such great charisma, mm-hmm. and I liked the way they, they exposed her evil. And I think the movie would have just benefited from showing even more of her evil. So I loved all of that backstory. I had no idea there was any kind of, and why would you? No idea there was any kind of uh, immortality sure. to the Shining lore. Exactly. Well, that's uh, what I mean. Like when you finally kind of see the extent yeah. of these powers and how Danny is kind of the powerful guy. You know, he's the Neo. Yeah. Of this. Yeah, thing, I kind of, I guess, yeah. There, I, I kind of like the matrixing yeah. of this, uh, <laughs> of the the Danny character. I, that does totally work for me. Mm-hmm. I, out of all the different ways that you could have just done a shining 39 years later or whatever, that's a pretty cool, uh, I, they took some risks and I like the, the Neo aspect. Right. And I, I don't love the execution of all of it, but I like the, I like all the storyline choices. Did you like, uh, cause this thinking of Neo makes me think of this one scene. I liked it a lot. I was curious okay. if you liked it. Oh, so, I know. So, now, now I've tainted your view, but no, no, no. Well, Already, the, you were way into it more than I was the first viewing. I, yeah. You were w- more into it. 
Well, so, I knew, you know, that there was a doctor sleep. No, <laughs> I knew going in. <laughs> no, the, and we got to see his journey through med school. The exactly. <laughs> we took a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah. The scene I love with Rose the Hat flying over the clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. I, I was, was into so it. into that scene, and the way they shot it, kind of that sideways view, so it looks like her. Uh, Oh man! I dug that. Just the way she was gliding over it. Another strong element of the movie, which uh, is what I kind of associate with this, is when they kind of turn it into like an uh, a high budget Nightmare on Elm Street scene. Mm -hmm. When Rose the Hat goes into our main child character's brain to you know, which all that magic carpet writing goes. No, once it went into that weird zone of like, oh, we're getting flying through space special effects right now. I didn't know we were going, okay. Yeah. I didn't know she's doing that when she's on such a deep meditative trip. It was the same way I felt when we went to see It too, also on mm. that big screen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We saw both It movies. No, the other one was in a, a different screen, but Correct. the it too, big screen the for big It one. too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I'm I'm loving when in it too suddenly it's like oh we're going like Indian medicinal psychedelics <laughs> oh yeah suddenly in this movie <laughs> All like right. I in the book version of it too they the version of that is they had their underground clubhouse mm-hmm. like in the movie and they basically did a smoke ritual in there to make themselves like remember like yeah they get smoked out of this. Uh, old Indian experiment that allows you to see visions. And in the movie, they're just like, all right, we need to feed this guy drugs. That smoke <laughs> thing's weird. That'll take too long to set up. Yeah, no one's going to So we get just that. need to have his drink spiked, and then he sees ancient Indian visions of it crashing to earth. And so I'm like, it. I'm just sitting there just like baked into my chair, just like, didn't expect this from it too. <laughs> I had no idea this was happening. And so I, once Dr. Sleep went to that mode, I was like, I like this. Yeah. I like where they're at. And she's just flying through space with her mind. And so I got into, once you're seeing how the sausage is made with yeah. how Rose the Hat's shining works. Exactly. It's cool. And even before that, like kind of even going back the way that Danny as a kid learns to lock up the ghosts, like in this phantom zone in yeah, his yeah, brain. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's that rules actually. See, that's, that's pretty the, cool. It's stuff like that in in elements of Rose showing her shining. Yeah, that made me want an episode. You know, yeah. ten episodes of this exactly because some of this, some of these elements and ideas feel like I'd love to see. I want to see all of the gang's shining abilities. Or we only you, or a whole episode of like the ghosts stuck in these. <laughs> chests, stuck in the just <laughs> sitting there for forty five years. Still in this chest. No. Just locked away in Danny Torrance's brain. No, but the, uh, (laughs) we only get that one, the the kind of tonal shifts that I didn't like, which would play better in episodic TV, where we really only got one example of them recruiting a specific power. I loved the concept of this roving gang of gypsy vampires with different mind control powers, essentially who rove the country looking for other powerful people with The Shining. But depending on their specific power, they either recruit them or feed off of them to grow stronger. Yeah. That's a cool vibe. Totally. When And so they like, we the only good taste of that we get was they recruit this one girl at the movie theater. Yeah. Another who, movie theater scene. Uh-huh. 
And so you get to see Rose the Hat and the Crow. Yeah. Her like second in command kind of dude who has like a cool John dude, Redcorn I liked, vibe. I liked Crow. Uh, they call him Crow Daddy. Crow like, Daddy is, uh, I saw that on IMDb. IMDb I'm, like, I'm like, I don't remember them like, saying daddy. I, like, I thought it was the Crow. Crow Daddy is. Uh, uh, yeah, that guy is a pretty, that guy was in uh, Westworld. He's like the Native oh, American yeah, yeah. guy in Westworld. Totally. Uh, the new s- series. Like I said, he's he's great. He is cinema John Redcorn. Totally from King totally. of the Hill. <laughs> like he's got like a vest, the long John Redcorn hair, and the same kind of like if John Redcorn was a horror movie villain. Picture that. That's yeah. cool. That's a cool vibe. <laughs> that's a that's what that's a cool thing in a movie. And so I like the girl kind of using her shining to trap uh, pedophiles. Yeah. Like, she's young, right? She's underage in the movie? She's, like, 16? Uh, like really, yeah. No, they she, did, because she tells her age to Rose. Okay. And Rose is like, I remember being mm. that age. Right. Uh, and but that's the young, what, It's like the younger they are, the the these uh, the gang's trying to get them younger. Yeah. They, they feed off the kids. Yeah, yeah. Because The Shining's more, whatever, pure. Whatever. Well, so that's a cool thing. When I talk about Stephen King uh, kind of recycling themes, but in interesting ways... In the It book, there's some It book spoilers. If you guys are planning on reading It, the book, which I would highly recommend. (laughs) It's great. It's like 1,100 plus pages, but it's worth it. Worth it. And I had to go back and flip through and check because there was something I remembered right after we saw Dr. I haven't told you this. Mm. Uh, And it was like, because it stuck out to me as so cool in the book. Because for a couple pages in the book, we get to hear its thoughts Mm. we i didn't think of that before i started reading it that we actually hear what it's going through its head you know it's all the kids interpretation of what it is and what it does and how to defeat it right and so there was like just a little uh, short periods of time where you're seeing what it's thinking and one of the things he talks about that's so strong of an element in dr sleep and led to i think the best moment in dr sleep is the idea that adult fears get too complex. Little kid fears are all about the monster under the bed. Mm-hmm. You know, adult fears are like, well, not sure I'm going to pay my mortgage. <laughs> right. And my health insurance is practical. out of whack. Yeah. And, you know, adult fears are like boring and not cool. <laughs> and that's like, that's like a thing. And in, in one of the things I love most about it is the idea that these adult fears are stupid and I don't like them. They but, don't taste good. But yeah, they don't taste as good. Yeah. The little kid fear is delicious. Mm. I, f- I remember when I was like 10, we had an upstairs at our house. I'm not sure you've been to my parents' house. Big upstairs. And that's where I had my video games. And it was a fun little like, mm-hmm. you know, playroom. And these other kids came over, you know, friends of uh, friends of my parents get together. And they have kids a little younger than me. And they want to go up there and play. And I don't want anybody there because I'm a brat. And so I told him there's like a monster that lives up there. And I wasn't descriptive. I wasn't that. I just wanted something that would make these eight-year-olds not want to play up there. And later, they, the Wheelers called my parents. Because these <laughs> kids were so scared that this monster, that all you they heard was trouble. the word monster and me pointing up a dark <laughs> staircase. And when you're seven or eight years old, that's enough. That's a, that scares you, you know? That scares you. That scares Evil people. Evil Hamlet scares kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a cool, that's scary as hell to me. You know, that King's tapping into the, the idea that 
little kid fears are delicious. Mm. That's disgusting and also relatable and scary. And so in it, you're hearing its thoughts and he talks about how the fears of children are, the glands are easier to tap and, and even describes it as like uh, the fleer, like the, the, the fear endorphins soak the salt of the meat oh my God. and make, and it's just like, Oh gosh, this is Who's hungry. <laughs> and then we get this amazing scene in Dr. Sleep uh, in the discussion, I think for best horror scene, of 2019 as far as just like the scariest, scariest yeah. the the best idea the best execution i yeah. think it's in the discussion is the jacob tremblay scene totally where they track down so we get these cool moments and this is the thing i god i'd love to see this expanded in, into a full series of them having like little powwows where the crow it's like i've sensed another one mm-hmm. maybe 200 miles from here and you know, they sense other people. His ability is that he senses others mm-hmm. with the shining. And so they track him to go to these people. And, yeah, we get introduced to Jacob Tremblay, the child actor sensation from Room. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 he's in Room. Room and that, that uh, funny one this year that was, like, super bad but with uh, 11-year-olds. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but he's like a he's like a popular, cute little kid actor, you know, who's done a lot of stuff. I don't think I've ever seen him in horror. And now it's like, man, this, I got, I, I gained such respect for Jacob Tremblay hmm. after Dr. Sleep. So see, having no spoilers allows me to have fun memories of a movie. Like, <laughs> man, I really like Jacob Tremblay a lot now. Did wouldn't not, have, wouldn't have known that, that coming. Yeah. I feel you, buddy. Yeah. That was uh, yeah. They, they, uh, he's like playing baseball or something and they, uh, capture him yeah it's great there's a whole drawn out scene this is the stuff that god i wish we got more of these kids to see other people with the shining that they either recruit or feed off of sure that could that itself i think could sustain a cool series um so i love the intro to the jacob tremblay shining character as the the 10 11 year old little league superstar Mm -hmm. who like hits a home run in every at bat because he can sense where the ball is going to be so I love that we get these great tiers of The Shining, where mm. some have it strong, and others are like, really good at hitting a baseball. Right. You know, that's cool. Like, everybody gets the... I, so I like seeing the different ranges and examples of the specific mind control powers they have, and how some of them are like, only... Like, I'm really good at nailing nails with this hammer. <laughs> Hit it square every time. It's my gift. You know, like, right. that's a... It's a lousy shining gift, <laughs> Gary. <laughs> and so I like Jacob. I'm not going to bother to feed off of Gary. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's they established that that yeah. these gypsies that I'm wondering if I if I should get into my least favorite element back to back with my best scene hmm. and which order I should do that in. This is a fork in the road. This is tough. Um, I'm going to continue with the best scene. Okay, good. And then I'm going to get after. So we get these great establishing scenes and conversations that. I think the ominous tone Rose and Crow's conversations had were getting to me. Rose and Crow's. Rose and Crow's. Yeah, yeah. This idea that they need to find stronger and stronger contemporaries Mm. to feed off of because they're aging. They're vampires, but they're not 100% immortal. Totally, They live a long time, but not forever. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And so yeah, it's it's like a this the the life force sustains them a little bit, but they age. They're yeah. still aging. They need to. They age very slowly. So it, it, yeah, it's, it but can so slow I, the process. I love yeah. that you have you know an old guy in the group played by you know the legend. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I didn't didn't even know Carol Stroykin was alive. The the giant. The giant from yeah, Twin Peaks. From Twin Peaks. Who's done some cool genre stuff? Because what else is he gonna? <laughs> he's gonna exclusively work in genre movies him and the uh he's gonna play lurch him and the uh giant from uh big fish they like yeah, see each exactly. other at all the casting calls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that guy died so <sighs> carl Stroykin's gigs got a lot the competition got taken away by Sorry. the devil's reject giant yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but so that so that's a cool guy to have in a gang yeah, he That's was a cool. cool old vampire. The guy who's been who we get a big death scene from him. Where there's oh, less yeah. I love the establishment in the world building that there are less and less strong shiners being born. You know, their resources are running out. So they only they need to target the big fish. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They need to target the big fish so they can continue sustaining their long lifestyle. So I got I love that we got a death of one of the vampires from age. Mm-hmm. I like that these elements are created. They had great ideas. Right. They were starving just just like the sleepwalker mm-hmm. couple is. Yeah, they, they, they need uh, to feed. They need to feed. <laughs> and so I like we get introduced to Jacob Tremblay. And they're so they're tackling big fish. But we also establish with these moves that they're also desperate. Mm-hmm. They need to start acting faster than they've had to act before. Uh, the resources are thinning. And so now they're targeting... You kind of get the sense that they're targeting smaller and smaller fish. Right. Because <laughs> they're running out. And so Jacob Tremblay, though, is they, they also hint the idea that your powers are a thing that can develop. And so they're now they're targeting kids that they like they think are toolsy prospects. Mm. Like, this kid has a strong arm. He could grow into a good shiner. They're trying to build a farm system. Yeah, he could grow into a number one, <laughs> but realistically, he's probably a number five starter. Right. And, you know, so they're targeting those number five starters with upside at this point, <laughs> kind of, right? It's, it's money ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a kind of money ball gypsy <laughs> vampire scenario. And so I'm loving Jacob Tremblay's just knocking dingers. Yeah, at eleven years old, kicking him into the cornfield, local legend, and we get this mind control scene of luring him into like their gypsy creepo van, mm-hmm. where all the weirdos with dead eyes are sitting. Ugh, it's all that. But Jacob Tremblay's feeding scene, that that shook me, and it was all him. Mm-hmm. It, I was blown away by this performance. He's only in the movie for five or six minutes. His scene is quick, but it is. Again, one of those things that would fit in well with my my idea for a uh, character actor Oscar. Right. The under right. the ten minutes or under in a movie Oscar. Mm-hmm. These roles that's so important to shaping the tone of a movie. If this was not that, then I'm not sure what is. He, in one five minute scene, showed the absolute horror of these shiners gone wrong. You know why these people are evil. It was such a powerful. So yeah, I mean, it sets the stakes. Mm-hmm. You know, it really shows you it what, shows you what who they're these up people against. Are. Yeah, yeah, and what you and McGregor and a little girl are up against. Right, Danny Torrance. Uh, it really shows you the depths of the awful 
that these people can do. And it's all with that kid's face. Hmm. So they basically go, spoilers, <laughs> they, they decide to not keep him as a prospect like they did earlier with that girl mind-controlling pedophiles to mm-hmm. do horrible things to their bodies every time, you know, hypnotizing them into, so right. they never bother kids again ironically then recruited into a vampire gang <laughs> who exclusively targets children yeah unfortunate real look into the mirror for that girl well i i also got the sense that snake bite annie or whatever her name was yeah, yeah. she wasn't exactly out to save kids but just to hurt yeah yeah <laughs> she was definitely targeting you know, targeting the the creeps in yeah. that scenario but but not for uh, altruistic reasons more for just wanting to yeah hurt cause sure cause i mean she she was contributing though yeah she was doing a good thing and uh so we get these scenes of you know crow some of the others being like hey we got to feed and i'll get into what they feed on after this <laughs> I think you know where I'm going after with this. this. After I give, after I give all my my love to Jacob Tremblay. Uh huh. So they basically feed on this kid. Yeah. They decide not to keep him as one of their own. Take him out to the middle of nowhere. They've had his bag, you know, head in a in a sack, basically. Think of, and he was so powerful and so scared. I get, man, he nailed it so mm. good. The way he was screaming, the way his voice was hoarse. As if he'd been screaming for hours, you know? They drive him out to the middle of nowhere to an abandoned rock quarry. Yeah. that's Abandoned rock quarry is the unheralded abandoned mental hospital <laughs> in horror. We see a lot of abandoned mental hospitals where a lot of bad stuff went down. But abandoned rock quarry, that's, there's something like centered of the earth about that that's scary that's yeah that's old testament shit yeah right right? (laughs) (laughs) so they take him out there and the feeding on this kid they have him like staked to the ground and that stephen king thing i brought up about how the more fear there is the better it Mm -hmm. tastes right they basically torture this kid to death so they can feast on his fear and they're like the thing is you don't see a thing she's doing to him Mm-hmm. You only see his reaction of what she's doing. And that scared me so bad because you get the sense that she's digging into his body with something, you know, a knife or whatever. She shows a knife. I think you don't see any gore other than the blood splatter kind of hitting his face. Mm. So that's what, you know, but you don't cut to like a knife twisting in a wound or anything. You don't know what she's doing or where she's doing it. You only see his face. His face terrified me. His screams Oh man, he sounded scared. He his meat must have been delicious. Oh god. <laughs> and, so salty. But so it was just like so scary. And then I read this thing afterwards where supposedly while filming that scene, when they would yell cut, he would just hop up to his feet, give a jumping high five to his dad, because a parent has to be on set, and then go get like food from the craft table to snack on. Just the sheer crazy professionalism of Jacob Trebley. He's like, this kid's a boss. Because that scene was, oh, man. Did did it hit you as as big as it hit me? Uh, I mean, I remember it just being, yeah, very... uh, It was such an evil tone that I don't think the movie had hit yet. Well, you don't often... uh, Yeah, it's like one of those where you don't often 
see kids getting right killed in movies you certainly don't see them getting like tortured and yeah and yeah I guess, I guess it's one of those things that in the moment actually shocked me right for a humongous budget big theater adaptation to have just child torture pretty dark stuff pretty rare thing yeah. to have right. in a movie and it it like kind of shocked me and then afterwards i'm thinking about it it's like a ratings board would have to allow that you don't see any oh, yeah. of this torture. You yeah. just feel the torture off the face of Jacob Tremblay. That's powerful, man. That's why that's like I I genuinely left this movie being like, that kid's great. Mm. <laughs> Kid can do no wrong. And it's gonna be forgotten about because it was only a six minute performance and there's no kind of thing that awards those uh, right. but the movie the tone of the movie and the fear in that movie would not have been there for me without that scene. That sets such a meaner tone. I agree. Uh, but again, it was only six minutes. It's that good. So that stuff needs to be more acclaimed. So now the thing that... Uh, <laughs> let's dive into this. All right. So what's the thing that... Uh, what's what's got your... Uh... This bugged me so much. Yeah. Let's... And I hope you're on the same page as me. I forget. I actually forget if we've talked about it. <laughs> I'm curious because I have a scene in mind that I remember watching is... it going, well, this, this came out of Ooh, fucking nowhere. Can we nowhere. do yours first? Okay. And then okay. we bounce back to mine. What's okay. what's your out and over scene? And we'll see if they match up. If not, I'm sure. I want to know what it is. Well, so uh yeah, after uh, it, it, I'm pretty sure it ha- it must happen. It happens after the Jacob Tremblay thing and uh yeah, Ewan McGregor has uh, as adult Danny Torrance is working, he's living his life. He's befriended <laughs> a a young girl psychically. She's also very powerful. Oh yeah, they shining. talk to each other. Uh, they meet, they talk, and he's like, "Yes, yeah, oh, it's dangerous world, and this oh, and that." Man, I, I so, know where you're going. So the so the bad guys know that they're there. Like they, yeah, this is all like after they know where A is and B are, and yeah, they yeah, finally yeah. meet up. Yeah, we we all know them. by now. I'm assuming if you don't know the movie, Rose discovers the power. Of, she senses yeah. Danny somewhere. So These she's going after hunt them. Others with the shining and. Once this girl and her start getting into this battle of wits yeah. from thousands of miles apart, it becomes this big cat and mouse game right. of mind readers. Right. So they finally have kind of the fight scene. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for all of this uh, buildup of mental powers. This is the, to be clear, this is the fighting, thing you have. Yeah. Pro- this is okay. the thing that came out of nowhere for me is that they lure the, uh, the, the gang out. The knot, oh, I think they're called. This was, they lure this him was out when, to the woods, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, Oh, God. And uh, they just shoot him. They just shoot him. They just shoot him with guns. They'd knock they out this fire. whole gang of roses <laughs> by just luring them to a dead end two and rifles. shooting them with a, two guys. A couple of hunting rifles, and they just, yeah, yeah. they just start... Dude. So at the start of this scene, where we both suddenly realize where they're actually going, you... I had just turned so. <laughs> this is how I remember the whole movie experience going down. Me losing my shit during the sound system display. Right, sure. Me being more excited for anything I've ever been in <laughs> in the last decade for the sound Hitting for an the all time high. Yeah, for the I'm just I'm just winning the decade by ending it on a big old surround sound planetarium <laughs> display. Right, right. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> and I th- I kind of sense that I'm leaning over you to talk to you super excitedly too much. At a certain point, though, I sense, like, 
I'm really bugging Charlie a lot by this talking all, this, about this. This was like 14 seconds that this <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm really talking this. The last three minutes describing a, yeah, 10 seconds. I'm really second. talking a lot to Charlie right now about this surround sound system. And I think I remember telling you, like, once the movie starts, I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I swear, I know I'm getting really amped about this surround sound system, but I'll be quiet when the movie happens. Yeah. And so I think then I was overly cautious about being quiet. Oh, I gotcha. But then a couple of dumb things started acting up. And then there was a spot in the middle where we're now fully talking. And you go, are they just going to shoot all of them? (laughs) To break the silence. And it's like, wait a minute. Are they luring 15 people, all with various mind-reading abilities, to a trap? To just shoot them one by one in the biggest shitstorm. Just put them in a barrel. Possible? Yeah. Are you just gonna? It's the. It felt like the most like. Are you gonna wily e. coyote like bone saw through a cliffside? But oh, it turned out it was your cliffside, and you're the one falling. It felt so like luring into a tunnel painted onto a mountain. Absolutely. It's so but with dumb. psychic powers. With but psychic yeah, powers. They even have like the girl kind of you know. Uh, pretend to be there. You know, yeah. she she imprints her vision into the. It's like I was just waiting for this like big psychic battle, like you know, yeah. Super Saiyan <laughs> shit going off, and it's like, oh, they're just they're just shooting them. They're just, they're just shooting shoot them, with, them with, the, with human man guns. And then when whenever they get whenever the bad guys were getting shot, they would just disintegrate like a video game. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have all these people that have lived that we've established now for thousands of years. Yeah, and now I'm realizing, like, wait a minute, how did these people live for like thousands of years if they're getting lured into the forest to get shot when they get by two dudes? Exactly. How did these? So I think where I started hating this part. It now, blo- is this a different part than your no, no, no. low the, point? No, okay. this is 100% different. Okay, good. The The thing that re- made me really start like, wow, they botched this hard. <laughs> is if, like, if these people can get tricked, I mean, maybe they can't. Maybe her shining really was the strongest they've seen. It made right. them act like buffoons. She was very convincing. But what it established that I hated is that, like, oh, so conventional weapons can hurt these people. Exactly. Do you know how many exactly. fuck-ups could have happened to these people in... Th- 8,000 years? Exactly. You know how many times they could have slipped and accidentally got run over by a car? Right. 8,000 years? They could have just like... They lived through a lot of times where, you know, uh, shitty times. (laughs) You know? They lived through a lot of times where life expectancy was low. If they've been around for 8,000 years. Yeah. And they just shoot like 15 of them? Really? All of you just... Fucked up and slipped on the same banana peel at the same time yeah. after living for like 8,000 years. Really? That can hurt them? Do you know how many times I've almost died just because I'm dumb? Do you know how many times I've accidentally stepped out into an intersection too quick? Mm-hmm. I've been hit by a car. <laughs> okay? I've been hit by a car in San Francisco. I jumped up onto his hood like I was... Like a in a cool video. Ooh, nice. And then fell and rolled off his hood oh. into the street. You know how easy like it would have been cool for, for a car coming the other oh, way yeah, to hit me? Yeah, totally. I've only lived 38 years. I have to not <laughs> blow it 
for another 7,900 plus years. And yet somehow, some dude somehow. from Maine lures me into a forest and picks off every one of me. Oh my gosh. This movie... I know. I would have been so pissed if I went out like that. Like, I I can telepathically control people's minds. Yeah. You can't just shoot me yeah. <laughs> with a thirty eight. you know? Yeah. Just... <laughs> In the back, it would be like God. What if? Awful. What if you were? What if one of these gypsies was at like that Great White concert? Exactly. <laughs> like, great. Well, you I know died what? seeing yeah. Great White getting trampled to death from pyro. I had the thought that uh, obviously they drive across country because they must have had a Leonard Skinner type situation fifty years ago. Yeah, like lost half the crew on a plane crash or <laughs> yeah. something. Like no more planes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Boom. laughs> It's the, we only, are not, it's the end of Almost Famous. No more planes. Yeah. Just buses and trucks. Yeah, and right? Yeah, they're vans. driving around in a caravan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. So once we establish that any old accident can just kill them dead. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. That is so dumb. That is holding me back. That is such an important thing to just like, eh, let's just wipe all these people out at once. Yeah. Let's get to well, this then, next scene. It's like what you were saying too earlier. It's like there was a lot of gang members. Yeah. We don't really get to know four f- to six of them. Uh-huh. Like, and then we have to go through the process of like killing them all off so that we can get to the final <laughs> yeah. bet. It's like, well, then why Yeah, why, why, why not just maybe four people in the yeah, gang? Yeah, if you're going to do something so stupid anyway, don't make me sit through killing 15 of them in <laughs> real time. And they all got individual death scenes. Yeah, they didn't just poof into a cloud of smoke. They had to sit there and go like, well, yeah, yeah. They do have a bit of a yeah. They, but then it's just them kind of first. making like I'm being fake electrocuted, kind of <laughs> jostling, while CGI kind of comes into effect. Ugh. Yeah. Pretty weak for a movie who had done really strong with some of the special effects stuff and the and amazing on the recreation aspects. Yeah. This this felt like. The kind of CGI I was expecting from Sleepwalkers, right? The Sleepwalkers CGI for transitioning into other shapes. It actually, looked better than the Doctor Sleep CGI. It reminded me a lot of uh, the way that the vampires would die in the original Blade with Wesley yes. Snipes. But that's 1998 or something. <laughs> yeah. Like it looked like 1998. Yes, it did. TV movie it level sucked. like uh, disintegration. It was lame for a guy like Mike Flanagan who uses a lot of practical stuff. And get scares, you know, like the movie Hush, you know, real yeah. big special effects in Hush. For them to go that route, it's just like, I don't know, the vampire deaths were... Tough stuff. Well, they would have been big. Carl Stryken's death, I thought was good. Mm-hmm. It was drawn out. It was made into this big, powerful group event where mm-hmm. it actually, you know... Right. And so I get that juxtaposition where it's like their deaths are important to them because they're so rare. And so this is a big deal that all of them are getting picked off this much. But at the same time, yeah, it's rare. And now you just gave me 15 of them. Yeah. Cool. So now I'm burnt <laughs> out on this rare event. <laughs> I just saw 15 Haley's Comets. <laughs> Haley's Comets right. been shooting through the sky for the last decade. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus. Right. If we had Enough a supernova. With this Comet. Yeah. If we had a supernova in the sky every two weeks, be like, again, again with this. Yeah. It was like that Devil's Reign. Were you there mm. for that one? The I Shatner did not one? I see the Shatner, uh, no. The only cool thing to happen in this movie is this melting effect that these, that I don't know, the devil's rain melts them or whatever. Uh-huh. 
And then it's like they're like, look, we got to melt a lot of people. So, you, <laughs> right. so it's like, oh, finally, we get something, a cool effect in this movie. And after eight minutes straight of the effect, it's like, devil's rain. Come on. <laughs> and so this one on. takes a super uncool, lame 1998 digital effect. We're like, oh, we're going to need to show this a lot. <laughs> and it's such a misfire and such a stupid part of the movie. And yet there's something that bugged me more. Okay. Which was my thing. Completely different from this. All right. I can't wait. And then I have a couple other minor things. Okay. But the big thing. We might hit two hours on this one. Was, yeah. <laughs> this is a two-parter officially. Maybe. A two-part just Dr. Sleep. Maybe. Because I think I need to devote my own episode to Steam. <laughs> I have not disliked as many things in a movie as I disliked the use of the word steam oh, in yeah, Dr. Yeah, yeah. Sleep. To me, this is more distracting than the woman screaming Dicky <laughs> in the beyond was these idiots talking about steam. So the thing they were feeding off of when they killed Jacob Tremblay in a long five minutes mm-hmm. is this steam that actually escapes from their mouth as they're scared and dying. So you inflict pain, you inflict fear, and then they literally hover around these kids and just like inhale inhale yeah. steam emerging right. from their throat as if it's like their soul or something yeah they're ca- you know, they're, they're they power, bottle up the their soul power. essentially so they have all these like Jurassic Park kind of canisters yeah what was that all about with they, the, like is they have these really manufacturing they have canisters? these like weird sci-fi thermoses yeah. like super magic bullet Jurassic Park totally transporting are. dino yeah. DNA canisters totally. that are filled with steam. And I was like, where the fuck are they getting all these canisters at? <laughs> these people buying these canisters? Well, well, is I'm one of their mind control powers being like a metal smith? That can't just be a thermos you buy off the rack Mm-mm. to store your your Yeah, not even like power. the nice ones. So somebody's manufacturing these things. Yeah, and putting a, a nice lock on them. Or, yeah, they yeah, have these they overly fancy unlocking mechanism. Like it's just this sleek silver bullet version of the the thing in it Hellraiser. Is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, but those guys are like mythical. These guys are just roaming around in a econoline. <laughs> exactly. So like where are they getting these canisters at? Exactly. And so they bottle up all these kids little little kid canister souls. But then yep. they also feed off of them in person. Right. Like well, they, I think that one especially, they were starving by the they time were they were starving, there, so, so they couldn't bottle them up and save wait. for later. Yeah. They no, need to suck this kid's fear out. No room for leftovers. But what these idiots don't stop talking about the steam. And it's it becomes so distracting for me because they all sound like cops, basically. They all sound like narcs. They all sound like the people that are like out there looking for... You know, my buddy once said that somebody approached him and was like, hey, man, do you have any Thai bud? <laughs> it's just like the worst guy. It's like, what? He's like, and then the, his follow-up gets better. He goes, because I'm looking for King Spliff. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, that's what these people sounded like. These people sound like cops. That's true. These people have been around for 8,000 years, and they're still, like, talking openly about the one thing that they eat. Do we yeah. really need to describe the one thing you eat this much? Exactly. They I, talk I know you mean. so much about steam. It's the only thing they eat. It's the only thing they search for. It's literally the entire thing that drives their existence. Why are we still talking about it at length? 
We all know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We don't need to talk about, hey, so what are we having for dinner tonight? Uh, <laughs> sure could use steam. Like, we know, Crow Daddy. We only eat steam. Yeah. Why are we still saying steam so much? I totally feel you on that. Yeah, it's like... As Drug if- dealers don't specifically name, like, do you want cocaine? <laughs> Like, there should be steam slang at this point. We don't need to overly talk about the one thing that our people does. Yeah, and who came up with steam? Steam is the dumbest word to it's say so much. It's not a good so word much. for it. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not like a cool, hip thing for them to, to call this stuff. Yeah. yeah, can we come up with cool names for the one thing we eat? <laughs> and the worst one. This made me so mad. Because I was like, these people are narcs. They're all shining narcs. Right. And they're all conning each other. Is when he's like, I've sensed another one. (laughs) And then she's like, big steam? (laughs) And then huge steam. (laughs) It's like, what? Why do we need to say what? We don't know. We know it's steam. We know you're talking about steam. It's the only thing you're talked about for 8,000 years. You could have said a lot. He could said yes. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. How, how much? Tons. Right. We're talking about steam, right? Well, to be, be clear. Yeah, steam? exactly. Okay. A- I'm just making sure because you just said it's a lot and I said how much and then, but I wanted to say, oh, steam. Right. Because we're talking about steam only. Oh my God. They wouldn't stop talking about It'd steam. Like, Eric, would you like a cup of coffee? Yes, I would like a cup of coffee. <laughs> how, how how big of a cup of coffee would you like? Would you like a big cup of coffee or would you like a little yeah. cup of coffee? They couldn't stop. Make sure my cup of coffee yeah. is a big cup of coffee because the big cup of coffee is my favorite kind of coffee to Dude. drink when I'm drinking coffee out of a cup. When I'm watching That's The Wire, what it was. they're not sitting around slums being like, can't wait to get some heroin. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to buy heroin with money that I'm not sure how I'm going to get, but it's going to be for heroin. Exactly. They just don't. Oh, my God. They sounded so stupid talking about steam, getting the steam. It was so dumb. <laughs> it was so distractingly dumb. And those steam moments happen really close by, you know, with the other dumb moments. Like there's a scene with like you and McGregor just sitting with a with a girl on a park bench in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, in every scene, they set up a lot of scenes where it's like people would be suspicious of this person. And right. nobody's ever suspicious of them. The biggest being the way, Danny. The way he kills people in the elderly home he works at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so Man, much of this. He's been on shift for every single death. Yeah. A lot of deaths. Every one of them happening with he's not just his shift. He's always there. He's always the last person to see them die. <laughs> Always. <laughs> For like eight years. They established that eight years had gone by. Every death that ever happened at this hospital, he was the last person they talked to. People would be suspecting Danny Torrance at this point. And if you didn't expect him of murdering the elderly, mm-hmm. when he starts communicating with this uh, little girl, our new most powerful Shining member, right. maybe the most powerful. Whoa! They established that at one point in the movie. Oh, when <laughs> when they uh, talk about her steam, yeah, <laughs> when they talk about huge, huge steam. steam. Mm. You guys haven't seen steam like this girl's <laughs> steam. She was sending off those steam, signals. so much steamy steam, <laughs> and you know because she thinks she's sensing Danny, 
and then it's like the oh yeah yeah the yeah. girl is mm-hmm. the the big one, or vice versa. No, that's it was vice versa. She's in the girl's head, but then she discovers Danny. Yes, Danny's the one that's somehow gotten this far in life without being discovered. That's a cool element. Uh-huh. That's a cool aspect of the movie. Focus on that kind of thing, not so much steam. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, not the vernacular. Yeah, the other thing. So Danny's communicating with this girl. And he doesn't want to get roped back in again. And I hated the element of like, I'm not getting pulled back into this, Shining. <laughs> and uh, she's the one that senses where Jacob Tremblay's remains are buried. He's just a missing persons case right. in this community. And she sends him what she communicated by reading into Rose's mind. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff's cool. But then Danny takes this friend of his from rehab... Yeah, because he yeah. got a vision that a child who was killed was buried like a hundred miles away, and that friend is like, "That sounds like the only way this guy could possibly know where a kid's body is buried <laughs> in the middle of nowhere." Right. I'm gonna believe my buddy who says that he got a vision of a boy being buried out here, and it's not because he buried the boy out there that right. he knows where this is. I would not trust. I trust you more than just about anybody in my life. If you're like, "Hey, I got a, <laughs> I got a hot tip, Eric." Hey, Eric. Where uh, a recently disappeared child is buried, it's way out also, of the way. Also, I, the solution is not to call the cops, but the but to actually go dig them up ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shouldn't get the cops involved in this. <laughs> we should go ourselves. And dig up this boy in this abandoned rock quarry that I only know is there so you lost because of quarry. a vision yeah. that I got. Not because I've been to this specific place with a shovel and a boy before. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's the same friend who, when Danny's like, these vampires are coming, and I know you have two hunting rifles. You want to help me you take wanna, down some of these vamps? Do you want to go murder humans? This guy is the most <laughs> on-board fucking friend in cinema history. He does not does not hesitate when he pulls that trigger. What do you not talk this guy into? <laughs> this guy yeah. is a shoot-first, never-ask-any-questions-ever kind of guy. This guy is ride-or-die Wasn't it for, even... like, a bum. <laughs> yeah, for, like, this drunk <laughs> showed up one day. This guy committed like, so hard man. to this Fred. You're getting your life together, now you want me to go kill these people? All right. I'm in. I got two guns. There's two of us. Perfect pair. What? This guy is down for anything. Mikey likes it. He likes everything in existence. Yeah. I do remember, yeah, being kind of weirded out when I was like, why do we have to dig this kid up? Yeah. Like that that shouldn't be a part of the story at all. Yeah. We're done with this kid. There was that's the thing. This movie hits pockets of like, I don't know why we're doing this. Yeah. In between moments of like, this is amazing. So, ooh, it's so conflicting. Uh so that's why my first time through was so like I have no idea what I think about this movie because yeah. I still had some serious problems. By the second time through, I had kind of embraced the problems. And laughed about steam. <laughs> right. In the same way now in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I dig the... Dig this. <laughs> Whereas the first couple times I saw it, it's like, well, I hate the sound of that uh, in my ears. Just, exactly, that's nails on a fucking chalkboard. <laughs> that's, that's my least favorite part <laughs> of this that movie. Whole, and now whole, it's become the part where we're like right. elbowing each other. 
Like, yeah. hey, hey, it's coming up, man. Who's this Rick guy? Who's this Rick guy? <laughs> is see, that's the great thing. This is that's the perfect encapsulation of Doctor Sleep. That is both my <laughs> least favorite character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? With maybe my favorite line in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, but who's this Rick guy? Like, the, her read on that is so perfect. Jesus Christ, Sadie. Yeah, her read on that line is so perfect. It la- I laughed every time I've seen it. And her read in everything else is so bad. It's great. And so now it's become like a cherished part of the movie for me. It's I've embraced it. And so on the sec- <laughs> second time through Doctor Sleep, I still was... It then became more of a nostalgia of me seeing them like just shooting all these people and then just thinking of how your face looked when you said, they're just going to shoot them. <laughs> That's the thing, man. Yeah. Dr. Sleep is is kind of brilliant in spots. Let me tell you a moment that this is this is could have come off like such a cheap pop, such a cheap nostalgia trip. When they went back to the Overlook. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to get back. We got to get back, back to, to the, the Overlook. Overlook and we cut to that. The more one of the most gorgeous shots in film history yes is that landscape shot that cra- that huge helicopter shot yeah over the water over the water over the trees man one of the one of it was and weirdly enough it wasn't until i've seen the shining probably four times seen it in the theater a couple times and in somehow seeing this shot purposed in this movie it was like the final nail and just like Oh yeah, this is one of my favorite shots mm. in movie history. I don't know if that's an obvious choice. Probably is. I just love how it looks. That overhead shot going up the overlook, absolutely the pass to the overlook, and it had that the same uh, the music same score. Oh, that cue! Boom, 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 boom. Oh man! Oh, you nailed it there. That's good. That stuff. was good. Uh, I oh, love. I love. We that. both made this. I love we, that score. We both let out our own kind of wordless appreciation sound from the first bar we both made a variation on a hmm yeah kind of sound like a like a nice oh yeah but without using a word yeah we just made it in a wordless grunt in our own chair well, i i remember yeah that shot in dr sleep where they yeah and it's uh yeah where they recreate that i was like that gave me chills yeah i had definite chills going dug it it was good so that so there's so many the movie was really good at making me go like dr sleep and then, like, right. winning me right back over. Well, I, I did so you my, like the ending? Like, did you like how it ends at the hotel and all yeah, of that? Yeah, like, yes and no. Yes and no. You know, I, I they built up Rose as somebody so cool to me. I, I, I don't know. I kind of wanted her to, like, I don't know. The, I don't think there was any good, satisfying way to yeah. get to her demise Yeah, for me. I liked, uh, yeah, I liked most of the ending, but I didn't think they had to go... Uh, in the route of having Danny kind of get possessed at the end a little bit, yeah. and having that whole thing. They do that. It's like, well, he doesn't need to. I like the scene where he's in the uh, talking to the bartender. Yeah, the who, Lloyd the bartender who, who, who scene. Really could have used if we're doing re redos. I would have. And this was I got nice hyped to in my see head. someone yeah do a Lloyd uh-huh. character. I I wanted I wanted the Joe Turkle's character totally work in the bar. But I like they they made it Jack Torrance working mm-hmm. the bar and and they have a I thought they had a really nice yeah. scene of them talking and you kind of get all that emotional weight. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a good way to handle it in that and scene. The which, overlook stuff they shot, oh, they captured it so well. Yeah, it was so good. 
what thought, a what a psycho. Yeah, they uh, they gave the they gave the hotel this kind of cool personality mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and I love the end with uh, kind of unlocking all the yeah. locks and letting all the ghosts out. <laughs> I thought and that stuff. was a little. It was like oh, I guess, it, it's such an Evil Dead way for Rose to die. Yeah, and I oh, I don't yeah. I didn't totally want Evil Dead in the movie, but you know it kind of had its had it. It has its goofy charm, if anything. So I kind of liked, like, wait, she's just dying, like, by a bunch of monsters? Just Well, it was, it was it kind of reminded me of the way the guy gets it in uh, Day of the Dead, where they're just pulling him apart and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, and then she, and then we do get to see her fear face, yeah. like Jacob Tremblay showed. She was great. want to keep reiterating that. Rebecca Ferguson has made me, it's one of those performances, like, I want to see her more right. now. And again, it's it's, yeah, one of those where, any other genre, this is uh, something that would be recognized, but you won't hear it. Yeah, no, you won't be hearing her getting yeah. any kind of... There's no worry about that. If Tony Collette didn't get anything yeah. for Hereditary, even a nomination, yeah, they're not ready for that for horror. Right. Just in the past uh, couple of years, this one's going to sound stupid, but I thought... Uh, I never know her name. The redhead girl in It. The young one? Yeah. Uh, and sharp objects the the kid's name yeah yeah i don't know the kid's name she was so important in that movie the first it uh, she was so amazing it was such a like a never seen this girl before performance Mm -hmm. oh and those kind of roles are just not uh but it was a 11 year old girl given that kind of performance in a you know period drama or something like that or it's uh room Room. Know, right, right, right. And Trembley gets, you know, nominations sure, for that. Sure, totally. Because it's a, you know... It's a respectable movie exactly. to give an award to. About a man who kidnaps a woman and keeps her in a <laughs> yeah. ship. Right? But it's not horror. Yeah. It's not a, it's, it's not a genre it's picture. It's not horror. It's just something that can happen to any one of your kids. It's just the most horrifying situation that could possibly happen. Yeah. yeah. Great. So, yeah, Dr. <laughs> Sleep, on my second viewing, I came out of there a lot more positive. I loved the stuff that I originally loved, and I at that point mentally accepted the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was appreciating just all the stuff it did genuinely great. And there's a lot of, to me, genuinely great in this movie, heavy flaws on the flaws side, but I don't care. Genuinely great stuff at the same time. So it won't land at the top of my favorites of the year, but a movie that made me happy. I saw it twice. So that's something. There you go. But yeah. Dr. Sleep is uh, cool for a movie that I didn't know existed. Right. For a sequel concept I didn't know existed, I was into it. They delivered on something that could have been, as Terminator Dark Fate was, a massive mistake. You know, it's, uh, yeah, on the surface, trying to make a sequel to one of the great movies of all time, The Shining. Yeah. Huge gamble. Yeah. Some would say a fool's errand. We've but, seen it uh, so much. How many? There have been tons of sequels to classic horror movies, and none as many with this budget. Yeah. But, you know, there's been Carrie sequels and Last House on the Left and Texas Chainsaw. Nobody ever likes them, (laughs) you know? Well, yeah. And this is also... Most of them are bad. This was also a year where you had, uh, you know, a Pet Cemetery remake, and you you actually kind of had a lot of, like, horror remakes this year. Yeah, and even stuff like Hellboy and Reboot. Uh, Yeah, the Child's Play and Pet Cemetery remakes, which we have past episodes on hey, if go you back and listen to those they're out. quite good if you're into this four-part <laughs> the episodes Sleep were good episode that we did yeah uh yeah if you um, dove in on our uh so, extended real-time breakdown of dr sleep yeah everything about it could have gone wrong yeah right and so the fact that a lot of it went so right 
makes me give it uh, probably higher credit. There you go. See it for Rebecca Ferguson, yeah, if, totally. if nothing else. And Jacob Tremblay. And yeah. And, and if the, you want to see a great five-minute cameo in a horror movie, my God. Yeah. My um, favorite of the year. The young girl is also quite good, too. Oh, she's I, good. I don't know in the beginning. her name off the top of my head. Oh, oh, oh I was thinking of the girl. The oh, well, yeah, sure. All the kids. I thought was there's really a, There's kind of a few kids in this uh-huh. movie. Strong, They're all, strong kid acting. All quite good. In yeah. the flick. We're in, we're in a golden age of yeah. horror Movies with kids in them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. It's uh, It came to this. Sleepy Steve. Oh, man. I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah, I know. We need, <laughs> we need a breather. Uh, I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you guys so much. I I love doing this so much. I love it. That's why these episodes go on so long. I know. Um, we keep finding new things to talk so, about. So, yeah. That we need recorded for posterity. Thank you for being here with us on Thank this journey. Thank you for taking this trip. <laughs> <laughs>